Hello and welcome to another episode of It Doesn't Have a Name. It's a special episode. No name! Greetings, everyone. My name is Mike Burge. I will be kind of rallying this uh, very special episode of Story Screen Presents uh, for the foreseeable future. And today we are going to be talking about, uh, once again, as we did last year, our favorite episode, our, fav- our favorite episodes of the podcast. That's what this podcast <laughs> about. Surprise! Surprise! <laughs> Surprise, I, I got you. Like it's the best of, of podcast podcasts. <laughs> we are talking about, of course, our favorite movies of the year 2018. Uh, we have the entire managing team of Story Screen here. Uh, right off the bat, I want to say that if you don't have time to listen to this episode, thanks for the click. And you can go on over to StoryScreenBeacon.com and check out all of our lists, as well as Stampers and Jeremy's, who are not on this because they are not bosses they are not in charge we're oh. all the boss of stamper yeah. and jeremy mm-hmm. yes we oh, tell them what yes. to do and mm-hmm. when to turn things in i just thought there wasn't any more room at the big kid table no we can get we can get like <laughs> eight people on a podcast i'm telling you we yeah. can do i just don't think that's true but we can we, our timing is so good we know when to let go and mm-hmm. give and yes. speak zip zap ends up zip zap ends up yeah this will be the test this sounds great this sounds great. that's Whip. true uh so all these voices that you are hearing let's go around the table real quick uh who are you I'm Robert Anderson, otherwise known as The Baby. Great. And what was your favorite movie of the year? My favorite movie of the year was Mandy. Good job. Thanks. Next up, we have... Bernadette Gorman-White. Great, Bernadette. Other, otherwise known as Burn. Burn, of Burn. course. Burn. What was, what was your favorite movie of the year? Sorry to bother you. Oh, that's interesting. Maybe we'll get back to that. Hmm. And over here we have... Diana Jamiro. And Diana, what, what, was your, what was your favorite movie of the year? My number one? Yeah. It was The Rider. Fuck yeah, it was. And over here... And I am Jack Kolodzewski, and my favorite movie was also Mandy, but since that's a duplicate, I'll go with number two is Hereditary. Oh, very nice. And my name is Mike Burge. As I said, my favorite movie of the year was Thunder Road. No fucks given. So what we're going to do is it's kind of, we each picked two movies uh, that we really liked from this year, whether or not they were on our list. I think it did land that they were all on our list. We've picked ones that were from our list. And... uh, we're going to give the spotlight to uh, 10 movies uh, for this episode and kind of tangentially talk about other ones and stuff like that. We'll try and keep it on topic as we go. We're here to celebrate. This is our celebration podcast we do at the end of the year. A lot of good movies this year. A lot of good movies. 2018 was an absolute banger. We thought 2016 couldn't get any better than 2017 happened. We didn't think 2017 could be topped. And I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say right now, 2018... Pretty, pretty hey, different. good. Different, different, yeah. different, yeah. different. Like very good. So let's uh, let let's get it going. I think the first one that we were gonna have up was gonna be Robert. Hey yo. Uh, what movie did you <laughs> want to talk about first? Uh, I would love to talk about Spider Man Into the Spider Verse, uh, directed by Bob per- Parachetti, uh, Peter Ramsey, Rodney Rothman, and it was written by Phil Lord as well as a bunch of other contributors who have helped develop the Spider-Man and Miles Morales' stories for a long time. A lot of cooks, as as is kind of the nature with most animation flicks. Um, But Into the Spider-Verse, you know, if you're listening, you probably already heard of the movie. It got a lot of hype prior to release and was honestly a movie that I didn't think was going to be particularly amazing uh spider-man pun intended just because like i knew it was dealing with multiverses different spider-men different spider people um and i just wasn't sure if like you know sony could really pull off a movie like this and i'm here to tell you that movie meets the fucking hype i think that (laughs) for as weird and aloof as a spider-man story for the big screen that it is it feels very classic uh i think that jake johnson as our like aging peter parker 
is just like one of the best interpretations of that character I think I've ever seen. And Shamik Moore as uh, Miles Morales, like finally gives that character his like debut moment on the big screen. And, uh, you know, I just, I really love the movie and that's, that's my, that's my short little blurb about it. Uh, let me, let me derail you real quick. Please. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Great Spider-Man movie of 2018. Not the best Spider-Man movie of 2018. Hmm. I, of course, am speaking of Sony's oh. Venom. Oh, gosh. Venom. Eddie. Uh, if you have not seen Venom, go watch that movie. Don't yeah. go watch that Or movie. steal it. Oh, it's great. Don't. <laughs> or, st- or steal it. <laughs> you can steal it, actually, at this point, because it made, like, a billion dollars, so it yeah, doesn't matter. nothing matters. If, <laughs> if anything, Venom proves what a fucking crazy and pleasant surprise Spider-Verse was. Did it, I think it was just me and you, Robbie, that had it on our list. Spider Verse, Spider Man. No, I had it on mine too. It was on yeah, your list yeah, as well. Yeah, okay, so the three yeah. of us had it on our list. Right. What a surprise that movie was! Like, what yeah. a pleasant surprise. I mean, when I don't know about you, Robbie, mm-hmm. when you first heard Sony is making their own Spider Spider Man movie, it's the most complicated franchise, like like you know, yeah. independent property in like history. Sharing almost. the rights, like, it exactly. Is wild. Like Marvel is kind of leasing it from Sony, yeah. who has already done two other iterations of Spider Man, and now they're doing an animated one. Yeah. And the Lego guy is on it, sort of. Right. Sort of, yeah. And the animation looks cool, but Miles Morales is in it, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then it just comes out, and it fucking rocks everybody's world. It's they just... went back to formula. They went back. <laughs> back to formula, yeah, I guess. Or let's suffer the children. Oh, I see. Oh. I see. Ah, no. Ah. That's been the majority that's that of little me and... look in your eyes. That's the majority of like me and Burge's like, text conversations all week, is just... We've been talking through Green Goblin, uh, William Defoe quotes, yeah. and uh, I think we understand each other even better than we ever have before. Enough. <laughs> you are who you choose to be. Now choose. Uh. <laughs> Peter, you're like a son to me. But yeah, no, the movie. It's for all of like. It's just. It's kind of a weird story. Like you know, it's just by doing by having the a multiverse tale that hasn't really been told. I don't think we've really seen multiverses in any of like the superhero, co- like like movie properties. Like we've seen like other worlds, perhaps. Right. You know, like, like other maybe other like dimensions. Yeah, yeah, like we you know with Doctor Strange and like uh, even Guardians of the Galaxy, we kind of see how big the universe is. Right. But in terms of like you know finding your double or you know your spiritual successor in other dimensions, like that's that's very new, I think. And the fact that this movie tells it so competently. Like, there was never a moment in that movie that I really felt confused. And it, by popular opinion, I kind of think that's the consensus. I don't think anyone totally. was really oh. let that movie be like, I don't know what's going on. Well, plus I liked the fact that it was, like, really self-aware and tongue-in-cheek yeah. in the, like, reiteration of, okay. There's then been I, three th- other right. Spider-Man. Then I got these powers. Yeah. Then this happened. Mm-hmm. Then that happened. And how they were slightly different because they're all different universes. But right. then they all have the common threads. But it wasn't boring because of that. It was still fun. Yeah. And, yeah. It's almost its own like kind of tongue tongue in cheek right. meta commentary on how many Spider Man movies there have been thus far. Yeah, I mean, I sent some of you guys like I've been reading the the screenplay, which is you know online for everyone to read if you if you're interested. Um, and there's like the part in the beginning where he's like doing his little like Spider Man dance. Right. There in the screenplay is just like he's doing the Spider Man three Spider Man dance. Yeah. <laughs> It's just like, it's like, well, okay, so you guys like know what's up. He like, says, oh, but we don't talk about We don't that. talk about that one. Yeah. Like, because it's like, wink, wink. Like, so even like, you know, we get it. Even reading through the script again, it's like knowing just like 
and that's like kind of the deepest spoiler I'll give you guys. But even reading through the script again, like it's it's crazy just how you know just aware of what it's doing. Yeah, and um, and you know I want I want I almost like I want more of these kind of movies from <laughs> like Sony. There definitely will be more. But I'm almost afraid. I'm just like I just don't know. You guys struck fucking gold. Yeah. Like, how yeah. do you keep doing movies like this, you know? But we'll see. I'm not the one to figure that out. Well, I mean, the post credit. You said no more spoilers. I won't say what it is, but that is one hell of oh, a post credit yes. scene. Yeah. It's very good. Very good. I uh, I heard about um, a buddy of mine, Pierce, who is going to start uh, writing for the website soon, as soon as he can. Uh, I think he's working on a Matrix article that he's going to turn in for the anniversary so he can check it out and see if he's good or not. Uh, and then Uh-oh. we can be bosses of him. Sounds good. Um, he was talking about, he had just gotten back from seeing Spider-Verse the other day. And, and he was talking about, he's like, yeah, I don't even know how to like explain. Like I, I just watched it. So I don't know how to articulate how I feel about it. And I, I told him, I was like, I've been thinking about it a lot. And it's like, you know how, like when a movie comes out and people say, boy, oh boy, they don't make them like, they don't make them like that anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like it really harkens back to an old time Spider-Verse really kind of makes you want to say like, I've never seen anything. They've yeah. never made them like this. Like this is the beginning of something different. Like this is going to have like, you know, and I think to that extent too, Black Panther was a lot like yeah. that with the soundtrack and everything. Like it's really kind of harkening back to like the 80s and the 90s where they were like, let's get Will Smith to do like an entire album for this movie that he's going to be in. Or let's Michael get Jackson, Seal to record so. like a song for a Batman movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of neat that they're getting all of these people to kind of make these songs that are specifically for these big superhero temples that are coming out. The movie definitely feels very contemporary in a very good way. Yeah. Right. Like it definitely uses the skill set of like, you know, the postmodern society that we live in when it comes to film. It uses those abilities as strengths, as definitely not detriments to what it's trying to do. It's just a very cool, and then you know, it just it like looks good. It's, yeah, the cliche awesome. of, of firing all cylinders. I truly mean here because it just feels like the engines just pumping up fire. The animation it is does. Awesome. It's crazy. Such all, a cool style. All yeah. the characters are rendered differently from their different dimensions, it's and it works. Insane. And it works great because sometimes yeah. that would not work out. No, it could totally look weird. It <laughs> I just mean, all works well. There's the scene where they're all moving basically at the same time. Yeah, and that the animation in that scene is just like mind-boggling how perfectly they all fit together and at the same time are completely unique on their own. When it came to like animated movies, I didn't think anything was going to push Isle of Dogs like off my list. And unfortunately, still love Isle of Dogs. Isle of Dogs is a great movie. You haven't seen it, seen it. But Spider-Verse was kind of, it kind of came down to those two. And I was just like, I just kind of, to really jive with what you know, yeah. Spider Verse is doing a little. Well, they're bit very more. different. They're they different. Are very they're different. different types of animation. They're True. just different styles. Like whether you, or not you like animation, if you like Wes Anderson, you're gonna like Isle of Dogs. Also true. Um, mm-hmm. Same thing happened to yeah. me. Yeah, it yeah. pushed Isle of Dogs was gonna be on my list, and Spider Man knocked it off. I mm-hmm. kind of kept it on as like a if I picked an extra five, it would be on there. Right. But I didn't have it as as highly numbered as as Spider Verse. Spider Verse yeah. is so good. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's crazy because it came out the same year as Infinity War, mm-hmm. where Infinity War is this movie that's great. I think we all really liked Infinity yeah, War. Yeah, I really like Infinity War. But Infinity War is a movie that kind of requires you to go see 18 movies worth of homework before right. you see it. And this it is did so not. and it's it's like it is pulling off something really special, I think, but at the same time, it requires a lot of forethought and yeah. knowledge going into it. Spider-Man at the same time is dealing with it's the most comic booky comic book movie, but at the same time, it requires nothing from you as the viewer to bring to the table when yeah. you go see it. It gives you all that information, and if 
you don't have that information, like it will tell you everything you need to know in a way that it still makes the movie work. And if you do have that information, it's that much better for it as well. Yeah. So it like, it just, I didn't know, I'll be the first to say, I did not know much about the kind of supporting spider cast. And I only knew a little bit about Miles Morales, like Peter Parker's got it only with bread and butter. But, uh, yeah, this movie didn't, I didn't feel like I, I was missing out on these characters at all by not having read some of their past stuff. Like it, That's the thing. You weren't missing out, but then if you did know stuff, gives you, you were kind more. of rewarded for that. Better, yeah. yeah, it just some kind Easter of enriched it, which there. was fun. So that was pretty awesome. Great. Final thoughts on Spider-Verse before we move on? Got to keep this, we're going to keep this tight. We're going right. to keep it tight. Any, any final <laughs> thoughts anybody had to say? It's I, good. I look forward to seeing it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah that's, that's <laughs> right. one of the ones I miss. I missed. Sorry three to spoil the Spider-Man Three dance. No, that's okay. It. It's uh, <laughs> it's, it's really good. It's got an okay Green Goblin who was voiced by one of the guys from Lonely Island, Lonely yeah. Island, or something like that. I think it was Yorma. Right? Not my favorite Green Goblin. <laughs> no, he's more of the ultimate Spider. We'll see. Um, was yeah. it was it Yorma or Akiva? Uh, Yorma, I don't. I, I believe it is Yorma. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I think it's Yerba. <laughs> oh, Mate. Yerba Mate. Yerba Mate. <laughs> Sleep, spider. Sleep. Sleep. How many more options are we going to have to talk about? What is it? Hopefully. So next up, we have um, Bernadette. Mm -hmm. What movie did you want to talk about first up? I wanted to talk about in this first half, Annihilation, to begin, because it was number 10 on my list. A lot of contenders were pulling in. I could have done like a top 15 or a top 18 and I'm so bad at numbering things to begin with. It gives me anxiety. I feel that. And so I was like, you just got to <laughs> roll with it. You just got to do it. So Annihilation, uh, Alex Garland wrote it, directed it. It was based on a novel. Uh, so Alex Garland wrote it for the screen. And I feel like a lot of my movies, the majority of them, were both projects done by writers and directors. Mm. They merged. And I yeah, think we're in a great time right now where a lot of writers actually get to see the full vision of what they have in mind, then they get to direct it too, which is excellent. Especially yeah. first timers. Like first there have been so many first timer writer directors we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That have just been fucking kicking ass. Right. I agree. But Annihilation, uh, for viewers if or listeners, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, it's about a woman named Lena who was in the army. Her husband also was in the army, and he got contracted to go on this mission. He comes back and he's different. And she kind of starts to understand why. And she accepts a mission to figure out like what happened to him and what's happening in this top secret uh, mission, like squared away in a corner that not a lot of people on Earth are aware of. It's very top secret. And it's Lena and four other women. And they decide to band together and to go in and try to figure out. They go into this place called the Shimmer and that's pretty much the most I want to talk about, like, the yeah. actual plot of the movie, because they find things in there, things start happening, uh, there are sequences that kind of fall out of time and place, and the movie itself is like a giant puzzle, and you're trying to piece together what happened when and who it happened to in the first place. It's, like, very visually it's stunning, Amazing. Too. Yeah. The Shimmer is beautiful, and I was feeling the movie for sure. But then up in the third act, something happens in that third act that you're just blown away. You're like, did they really make a movie where this thing happened? And you're just trapped, like glued to the screen watching the the end of this film. But it really just deals with being a woman or 
being someone who's conflicted or has some kind of deficiency that they see in themselves and how they deal with those shortcomings in their lives. And it's like a really deep, good exploration of your psyche yeah. in general, not just being a woman, just in general. I felt like it dealt a lot with the idea of guilt and mm-hmm. then how you handle that or how you move forward with that, mm-hmm. how it'll kind of eat away at you eventually. <laughs> Absolutely. And what makes you human? Right. And are these natural feelings of guilt? Yeah. Is that what brings us together as I a whole? 2018's rock star Tessa Thompson was in this. Mm. She's she like in She rocks. This movie. <laughs> yeah. She rocks. You're like, she fucks. She fucks. Oh, she's certainly Most fucks. definitely. Most she certainly def- fucks. Everyone. She's been she's been fucking since Ragnar- Ragnarok and before. So. I know. So good. She so was so good. busy this year, too. Yeah. She was yeah, like man. everything. Me too. She was in many, shit. many good movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. Burn, did you only see Annihilation the one time? Correct, yeah. And you like, okay. I just I, watched it for the second time. I, I'm like mm-hmm. kind of like holding, not even like some of my opinions, because like <laughs> my consensus with the movie and like what I've taken away from it is like, I gotta see it again. Mm-hmm. Because I think there's some things that maybe like went over my head or like, you know, the movie is a little bit ahead of your expectations. I enjoyed it second time around. I think I will enjoy it a lot more the second time around. Mm-hmm. I'm, I didn't dislike it. I just, I think it's one of those movies that like, you know. It, it you need to kind of work with it with a few more viewings. It's a digester. Really yeah, you yeah. and I did the hot take on that one. Yeah, and I think both of us liked it, but there was something that held both of us back from really deeply loving it in a way that a lot of people have reacted to this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is something I want. I want to feel that way. Yeah. Um, but all those themes, like the because I've you know this movie came out February, pretty early. like or yeah. pretty early in 2018, yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, people have continued to talk about it. All year. So that's stuff. I'm with you, Robbie. I definitely want to go back and visit yeah, it again. Same. And see, I think maybe this might be the type of movie. You hate to say it. Movies are meant to be enjoyed with others for the most part. Mm-hmm. But I saw Annihilation by myself. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And having to like think about it afterwards made me love it even more. I, could I didn't see that. have that chance to instantly discuss with someone what it meant to me. Yeah, this movie definitely deserves a little introspection for sure. Agreed. And I thought about it for days and days and days before it left my mind. Just, yeah, pondering on it. That's kind of how I, last year, uh, we talked about Ghost Story a little bit. Mm -hmm. And like, that was a movie I watched by myself. And that's kind of, I think Ghost Story is a a little bit similar in sort of the like vibes it's going for as Annihilation, like a, a bit cosmic, a bit introspective kind of thing. And it's one of those movies like, just sit there and shut the fuck up and like think about it for a while, um, which is not an experience I had with Annihilation the first time, but I would like to go back and do that again. Yeah. Right. Because even though all of these women are working together, they're all very, very much separate. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Annihilation is a great movie, in my <laughs> opinion. Uh, I'm actually really happy that my top four, I think, are movies that we're going to get to talk about throughout this night. And that kind of randomly happened because everybody was just choosing their own. Like, obviously, I picked two of my favorite ones, mm-hmm. but one ended up being one that wasn't picked by everybody else. So it just happened that way. Annihilation was my fourth favorite movie of the year. And my top four really are like, it was a toss up. Either one could be number one, depending on my mood. Yeah. Like, I kind of have my like, my happy funny. I kind of have my introspective philosophical. I kind of have my my horror absolute love of all types of movies and then i have my like really kind of filmmaking eye as far as just like design and execution so all and all of these things that make me the type of film watcher that i think 
that I want to be or that I am are like each just really big tags in my top four. And Annihilation is just a very fun philosophical type movie in the vein of, you know, it's the easiest uh comparison to make in the world, but 2001 A Space Odyssey, where it's like, you can just sit back in awe of like how this is being executed and, and what does it all mean? And then you can just start picking apart little tiny pieces, not even just like a, a piece from the whole and just look at like, you know, there, there's a scene without getting into spoilers with it. That is just like one of like the greatest practical effects mixes of digital effects mm. in a horror movie or a horror. Cause this is, this is a horror movie at the end of the day. It's a little Thriller. bit more. It's yeah. a, thr- yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it, I think there's more horror aspects to I think it. The world is intrinsic, intrinsically <laughs> terrifying. Yes. Yeah. Cause like when you start to really think about how the world operates, it's scarier than what the movie's giving you. Mm-hmm. I think like that is how it is. And like, you listen to the score terrifying. and you're like, if you didn't know the movie, you'd be like, this sounds like yeah, a score scary. to like a very scary movie. Yeah. 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 And also that practical your effect you're talking about is really scary. Is haunting. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like when act three, kind of what Burnett was saying, like starts and, you know, regardless of how I felt by the end of the movie, the first viewing act three for me is just like 10 out of 10. Like right. I was in mm-hmm. at that point, like mm-hmm. yeah. seatbelt on. When it comes mm-hmm. to that practical effect in, in uh, specifically, that's probably going to be the thing that A, is going to make it hard for me to rewatch this movie again because my fiance will refuse to watch it with me again. <laughs> but B, might actually make it easier for me to watch it alone. Yeah, so she doesn't like it. Has she ever seen Cubone from, uh, from Pokemon? <laughs> she does probably like Cubone. Spoilers yeah, for yeah, Pokemon. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, all right. Maybe that will actually take the edge off hey, for her. I actually bit. should give a shout out to a new listener who I met today, Brandon, who is a dishwasher at the Ellis Bella's Bakery in hey, Beacon. What's up, Brandon? Uh, I went in to steal their wife because we don't have Wi-Fi up at the movie theater that we're building over there yet. And uh, he was asking what I was doing. And I was like, oh, I'm uploading stuff for the website. He asked what the website was. My article? He looked at, <laughs> yep. He looked at, um, he looked at my list and he saw that Annihilation was number four. And he was like, oh, Annihilation? You like that movie? That movie sucks. And I was like, oh, oh yeah? What didn't you like about it? And he was like, well, I mean, I turned it off after a while. I didn't like it. And I was like, what part did you get to? And he was like, they, so were, like, they were like about to go into like the glo- globe. Oh, like, oh, nice, dude. But he did say that he was going to watch it now on my recommendation right. that he needs to watch it to really get it and, and understand what it is. And that if he has watched the whole movie, I will respect his decision and his opinion. And sure. uh, welcome, Brandon, new listener. And know <laughs> that if you step to Mike about movies that he likes, He'll he will back. fucking roast you on <laughs> the Internet. Clap. I'll go for it. I'll go for it, man. He will roast your ass by name and location. It's not the, uh, work. you know, it's yes. not the most accessible movie. Yeah, but you know, 100%, having, yeah. having said that, though, on a second viewing, there was a lot more things that I noticed yeah. having kind of like the full picture mm-hmm. and now going back and appreciating some of the details along the way that probably I just totally missed. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, th- I think you'll enjoy it a second time. I think there were several movies on everyone's list this year and also that we'll talk about today that uh, I used to work in an art museum in college. That was kind of like my work study job. Uh, and so I watched a lot of movies that had no sound mm. and they were like art gallery films that are just playing on a wall people can kind of come and go as they please and there are a couple on this list in this podcast that i think are just beautiful and annihilation could totally just run yeah in a gallery and people would just come mm. in and out and yeah. just catch what they can right and i think as a silent if you take the sound out of it it's like a whole other thing and it's mm. still just as powerful it's 
incredible. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I'm into <laughs> that. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, does anybody else have anything else to say about Annihilation before we move on? Excited to watch it again. <laughs> I would love to. Maybe we can uh, go watch it oh, all together on a big a screen. Moving on, we're going to go to um, Diana. Mimi? Okay. Mm-hmm. You, you. Mimi. <laughs> uh, what movie did you want to talk about? Uh, one that I wanted to talk about in particular after hearing all of the Oscar noms was one that didn't get any Oscar noms, Ooh. which was Eighth Grade. And I thought at the very least that Bo Burnham would get nominated for screenwriting. At the very least, I thought maybe, maybe he would have gotten that. But written and directed by Bo Burnham. Writer, director, um, debut. Awesome Mm -hmm. job. Not what I expected having watched anything by him previously. Um, (laughs) His YouTube videos from like 2008. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. Um, And and so Jack and Robbie – we went to see it yes. with some other friends yes. and we podcasted about it, which you can listen to if you feel like going back, digging through the crates. That was episode. a fun podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the the things that I personally really liked or disliked was how uncomfortable it made me feel to watch that movie. Absolutely. Um, and how maybe now as you're getting older – thinking like, Jesus, fuck, thank God we didn't have cell phones when we were that age or that I didn't because social media and just being constantly connected to something makes it like a million times worse. It's like crippling. Yeah, than your normal run-of-the-mill middle school. Um, Elsie Fisher as Kayla, she just like knocks it out. She's awesome. I kind of was hoping she would get a SAG or a Golden Globe, but... She got nominated for right. Golden She Globe, did get nominated. Which, she's like yeah. 13 or 14, yeah. which is... I guess she even acting. She's adorable. It <laughs> does feel great. very real, yeah. but it's awesome. And I loved the actor, Josh Hamilton, that played her dad. Yeah. yeah. Um, hot, hot dad alert. Yeah, hot dad. <laughs> and, and the funny thing hot is, dad. is like he's been a kind of character actor through the years and been in lots of stuff because he's his face is recognizable, but he's not usually the lead. Or if he is, he's not, like, a nice character, usually. And I felt like, even though I don't have kids, I identified with the dad character just as much. Even yeah. even if it's sort of like a older brother, sister being like, it gets better kind of deal. Yeah. Where you're like, you wanted so bad to be there for Kayla and be like, no, you're awesome. Things are going to improve. And then you're also like, I'm not getting through to you. You don't want to talk to me at the same time. Like, identifying with that yeah. as much as... Her being upset just about life <laughs> and all of like the facets of meeting people her own age or older. Yeah. yeah, it's like when you're a parent, like you could and again, like I'm not a parent, but I can I can understand and empathize with the idea where it's like you're just trying to help, but you're also nervous that you're going to make it worse and right. you're just gonna end yeah. up alienating both them and yourself from totally. the situation. And it's it, it really kind of very perfectly hones in on that very real feeling and Throughout the movie at multiple times, but especially at one that's later on in the movie that we don't want to spoil. But it's it, it the movie is very good at what it's doing yeah. and what it's doing is very particular. And you don't get a lot of coming of age movies that are about this particular age and this particular moment and even this particular gender. You know, there's a lot of, you know, the, 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 what was the one that was like a couple years ago or was like um, Boyhood? No, no, uh, like a uh, female, like teenage driven. Like I know that they have like uh Oh, Edge of Seventeen. 
Edge of Seventeen. Yeah. Oh, and there was um uh uh like Diary of a Diary oh, of yes. a Teenage Girl. Yeah, you love Diary that movie. Teenage Girl, love that movie. Yeah. I was trying to remember the name. Yeah. We but Edge of Seventeen was getting in there, and that was those the other are movie those are all. A little bit older. I liked yeah. the fact that eighth grade. I mean, she's she's like thirteen years old. Absolutely, eighth grade. I mean, it every, is nuts. <laughs> it's funny you bring up the cell phone thing because you're watching this, you know, as as an adult and thinking like, yeah, thank God I didn't have a cell phone like that, and thank God social media wasn't what it was when when yeah. I was in that age. But at the same time, the movie has this timeless feel, right? Where regardless of how wildly different the eighth grade experience is right now in 2017 2018 right it's still all the the problems and the anxieties and the fears and the hopes and everything that kayla has is so universally the same and timeless yeah you definitely identify and and like for everybody i think totally like regardless of the experience that you had in eighth grade even if you were the bully in eighth grade you're watching eighth grade the movie and thinking like and and rooting for Kayla and identifying with Kayla mm-hmm. because it just has it, it is so it just connects like it's an empathy machine yeah, like it's, it it's yeah. perfect at what it's doing it's yeah. it, it's the movie is movieing like you're just yeah absolutely that's what this specific type of movie yeah. is supposed to be doing and it's doing it very well yes plus like the beautiful thing about it without spoiling stuff is just like the main character Kayla even though she's going through some shit she's constantly throughout the movie trying to broadcast like advice or yes pearls of wisdom <laughs> to make other people feel better or feel okay she's better about making content than I am I'll tell you she that. totally <laughs> is awesome oh man she started younger she started you know, that's the thing she's more Gucci. Gucci yeah she's great she's great um, I really, I, I'm actually a really big Bo Burnham fan. Um, if you guys haven't watched both both of his like musical stand up specials on Netflix, like fucking do it because is awesome. he the Owl City guy too? Is that the same guy? I don't think no. so. Uh, Fireflies. I think that's a no. dude. That's, a, also, that's just a musician. <laughs> or squash you like a bug. Loose terms. <laughs> he's in. Um, he's also in a Kumail Nanjiani's movie from last year. Oh, he's yeah. like one of the stand-ups in that movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Big yeah. yeah, it's very and, small. Um, but he his specials are so like wild and like big and kind of like extravagant, even though it's like a solo show. But like they're very like loud, energetic performances. But I think eighth grade like really boils down like the essence of his humor, like mm. the idea. Like he's a very self-deprecating dude, and he I think he's very introverted. So when he's on stage, he kind of like shines a light and makes it really funny to have that self-deprecation and i think that's like eighth grade's kind of like all about that yeah like shining the light on yourself maybe like making fun of yourself to like fit in or things like that and i, I think that like, what i really like about eighth grade is that it's his skill set but like really honed into something personal and it's it's very cool to see his kind of evolution as an artist and i'm really excited to see like what else he's going to do because it's a very unexpected turn mm-hmm. I, I for that same empathy machine kind of way in the same way that eighth grade is so perfectly able to make you feel uncomfortable i really want bo burnham to make a horror movie because i think <laughs> he will scare the fucking pants he knows off how to do tension that'd be cool there are scenes in that movie where the tension is like claustrophobic oh I mean, yeah even the pool scene like the the like kind of one shot like yeah. walk through that he does of the the pool scene is so anxiety. I mean, the movie is shot like a horror movie. If you yeah, really yeah. want to get down to like techniques and stuff, because you can use different angles and lenses to evoke different moods depending on lighting and what's happening in the scene. But now that I'm thinking about, it, like, yes, yeah, I, I think we talked about this like not too long ago, where yeah. it's like eighth grade. I think it's it's 
structural it's structured like every scene is structured and shot almost like a horror movie where it's like it's made to build tension and make you feel afraid for Elsie and what's going to happen like <laughs> it works yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yep Whew, it works Diana going back to you talking about the dad in this film I really enjoyed that I mean Kayla obviously is amazing right but uh, I really enjoyed that we are getting a lot of father-daughter, yeah. single-dad Bernadette has a great article that you should check out. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's about a lot of those those three movies are were kind of, I had to decide which was going to make the, the cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I really like that. What was and the I movies? It was Hearts Beat Loud, Leave No, no Trace. Trace. Yep. Cool. And this and eighth one. grade, which are all awesome. And I think probably it speaks to Bo's, like, way he views himself as a man. Yeah. I think it's really cool in 2018 to see masculinity tackled from all these different angles. Yeah. And I feel like Leave No Trace and uh, Hearts Beat Loud, I feel like the dads were more concerned with, like, coming across as, like, a man. Right. In those movies. But I like that the dad in eighth grade isn't concerned with that at all. No. And, like, even He just wants when, to be there for her. Yeah, even when the other mom is, like, hitting on him, like, he's not picking up on that at all. Yeah, he he's doesn't like, care. I don't care. Yeah. I have one lady in my life. And it's my daughter. <laughs> and it's really cute. It's pretty yeah. great. I just like it. I like that we're kind of starting to see these, like, male roles tackled differently. Definitely. Which is really great. Yeah, it's nice to not see, like, I don't know, the the moral of some stories being, like, man up. Or, mm-hmm. you know, like, let me just inject you with some fucking testosterone and make you better at being a boy. Like, yeah. it's nice to see these more tender men on screen um, because there are tender men out there. Tender men. Tender men. Tender men. Tender men. Robbie's home for tender men. I'm home for tender men. Like, um... Sink your teeth into a tender man. Like Toby Maguire. Like, <laughs> Toby Maguire's Aww, Peter Toby. Parker. Aww. Yes, very he's a very tender man. man. I think even more... High, even in high school, he's a very tender man. very tender man. man. I think tender more... Si- tender <laughs> I think more Cider House rules tender. Oh, Tender yes. Tobes. <laughs> I mean, so, some would say that he spun his last web. Aww. You spun your last web, Spider-Man. <laughs> Godspeed, Spider-Man. That was, uh, Green Goblin said that. I yeah, thought you were going to not include it. The Sam Raimi 2002 film. Every yeah. single movie. Get some Spider-Man in there. Yeah. Godspeed, Spider-Man. <laughs> and then he just gets... The Spider-Man, he's got that, see the, the gliders future. coming at him yeah. and he's like, oh. Oh, and then, and then he's just like screaming and murdered. Yeah, and then you have great. to find out three movies later that the butler saved him. We're Bernard Hausman. We looked up his name. Bernard Hausman. Hausman. Because he runs the no house. No speaking lines in the first two Spider-Man. Then he shows up and he's like, yeah, your dad got hurt. Spoilers for Spider-Man 3. Your dad got hurt by his glider. Hey, hey, Harry. He doesn't talk like this. Hey, Harry Osborn. Your dad got all stabbed up by the glider. I had to pry him off like a bug on a windshield. <laughs> he spun his last web. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, anything else on eighth grade before we move on? No. <laughs> Brava. Thanks no? for ruining it. Brava. <laughs> Um, so, uh, next up, uh, I thought that I would talk about, uh, my favorite movie of the year, uh, which <laughs> I had recommended to, um, y'all. All of us. Everybody. Uh, You're uh, screaming from the rooftops. I was very <laughs> excited about, I watched it, uh, it's based on a short film, it's called Thunder Road, written, directed, starring, made by Jim Cummings, uh, for a very little amount of money. I'm going to go out there and just, I'm not even going to say a number because I don't know the exact number, but it is. Not a lot. And it was made for very, very cheap over in Texas. The movie did very good at festivals and stuff like that, but it did not get uh, picked up for mass distribution and just eventually landed on Amazon and VOD stuff to rent. I was very excited to see it. I finally watched it and I loved it. And I 
told you guys to watch it. I think you can own it for eight bucks. You can, um, I do. Yeah, that's that's what I. Yeah, you can, I do. It's yeah, worth do. it's it's worth paying the extra like two dollars to just own, own it, it rather yeah. than because it. it's it's a movie that's uh, way better the second time, and it, it's even better the third time. And you know, actually, the fourth time I watched it, it was very, 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 very good. Still, uh, Aww, I've only seen it once, so I it's look forward to so repeat viewings. But I, I did watch the. I want to be film. very careful with this because I know that this movie. I think a lot of us dug it, but it's like. It's a surprise. Uh, it's all yeah. a surprise on what it is. And the le- the less you know about it, the better. Do you think people should watch the short film or no? Because I actually really enjoyed the short uh, film. I've told people that if they want to see if they're willing to devote an hour and a half to it, watch the short film. The short film is a 10-minute short film from a couple years that ago. It is trailer. It is movie. essentially yeah. the yeah. first 10 minutes of the movie. They it's reshoot great. the short film in context for what happens through the rest of the movie. And that is kind of like, if you like what that short film is doing, both stylistically and humor-wise and emotion-wise, you're going to love this fucking movie. Uh, I've been telling everybody about it. Uh, everybody that has watched it has come back and said, wow. You're right. Like, not just like, oh, it's good. I like just, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <clears throat> love it. Uh, <laughs> this, this was a movie that I think was number four. Three or four on my list when I wrote my list. Mm-hmm. And then since then, just uh, this past Sunday, so a few days ago, I watched it again, like having already submitted my list. And I think, you, like you said, watching it the second time, it might have it might have come out on top of my list had I seen it a second time before yeah. I wrote my list. Because mm-hmm. there's information that you find out at the end of the movie that I think kind of recontextualizes the 100%. whole thing. <laughs> And makes it that much more uh, emotionally just devastating. <laughs> I'm, cry- I'm like getting teared up. To Me too, dude. Yeah. I'm going to. I will. This it, is another one where it's like best writings. Like yeah. Oscars. Like Writer, why director. wasn't this up? For right. Uh, the writing is. We've talked about it. And we'll talk about it more on the Oscars one. Because sure. we'll get into like the specifics of what qualifies right. for the yeah. academy stuff like right. that like sorry sure. something as big as sorry to bother you doesn't like, qualify so right. yeah it's we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll break down the rules on that one next because i think that's something a lot of people ask me about like for they're sure. like what is what's the difference between sound mixing and sound editing it's like <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll, we'll lay all discussion. that out there for everyone yeah. we're we, gonna have we to talked do that about that last year every year but you know what guess what guys i watched some youtube videos on it i think i understand that that's what youtube's there sounds like last year uh, YouTube yes. is the new library to your Goodwill Hunting. Hey. True. <laughs> uh, hey, that's a movie. Um, I I really like about like movies in general this year is that like I think we've gotten some really great like like characters like single main characters for movies like I think you know from eighth grade like it's like a character study in a way. Mm-hmm. I think again like you know sorry to bother you is like a little bit of an ensemble cast thing but there's like a singular character maybe same with like Mandy Hereditary as well and I think Thunder Road just has one of the best main characters period like mm-hmm. like you know jim's coming jim cummings performance as that role of just you know this kind of anxious energy like he just does it so well it's so like charmingly awkward and like you know just like peeling the onion as a shrek would say yeah at, you know from this character and seeing like you know what he goes through on a day-to-day basis and seeing how he's like kind of holding himself together with like gum and duct tape like mm-hmm. it's just it's just one of the most like fascinating but also just like is there a way that we can say what this movie is very very basically without yeah. giving anything away? Been, yeah. we have not described it I, at all okay so 
I'll, I'll, I'll throw this the out there, and you guys stop me if you think I'm going too far. Five right. words, and add five on, words. <laughs> uh, it is about a uh, police officer mm-hmm. whose um, mother passes away. Right. Yeah. Uh, and he is also going through a divorce, attempting to get custody of his daughter. That's that's. And it. he starts having a mental breakdown. That's that's that's, that's, that's a good pitch. That's it. Like that's essentially you get that in the first yeah. ten minutes. You just right. you just say he's grieving. And he's there's grieving. a whole yeah. lot of shit that happens and when you go through that. It was made for two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, and which the, is not a lot of money for a movie. I got, to be made. I got that. Let's make a movie. Yeah. That's not, not a lot of money. And you know, it, it sounds The movie like sounds like a downer. I I was like it's in, very funny. In stitches, funny. fucking yeah. Yes. It is the funniest movie of the year. Easy. And maybe also mm-hmm. the saddest movie. Of the it's year. very yes. sad. Uh, I think I bl- blind spotting. I think is really funny. Blind spotting is really Blind spotting was my number five. And yeah, also which, sad. And <laughs> also sad. That we'll get to the we'll get there in shout outs. But, mm. I um, think it was also really good. I think we all struggle with realizing that our parents are actually human beings and had lives before us and. Yeah. We don't really see like what parents do for us. That's a huge theme later. in a lot of the movies I liked this year. Yeah, is like and kids realizing cool. that their parents are, are real people yeah. and, and <laughs> do things for them, and they don't acknowledge that. Right, good or bad, and it's you like catch a, that in the first ten minutes like of the movie. Uh, as well. Right, yeah. it's like all What does he say? Too. He's like, before she was mom, she was Beth. Yeah, or, yeah. What, her, her, what her name is. Her name was, and it's just like yeah. fuck. But not only that, not only looking at you know your relationship with your parent and how they what they did for you but also turning around and having your own child mm-hmm. and saying like i also don't want to fuck this up yeah and right. like, or i'm and trying like, to do this for you even though i'm screwing this up and i don't and understand you. recognizing yeah. how you screwed it up as a child of a parent and seeing your child do those same things and thinking like don't do those things because you're gonna regret it mm. and yep. it's just without going into it too much more like of course, it's yeah. it is has, have any of you? Did any of you watch the trailer before seeing the movie? No, no. I had seen the trailer. I like, saw the at short the beginning film. of the year. Yeah, so you didn't really like, remember. Early, it. Cool. early, and I and had did, an idea. Did anybody watch the trailer after having seen it? You no. started watching I never it, watched and the I walked away. At all. Like it is. It's too much. The very first thing in the trailer, you're like, after you watch the movie, watch the trailer, and you're like. Why would you put that in the trailer? It's, towards the end it's of like the movie. one. It's well. It's it's just a very emotional moment that, like, given no context, carries no weight. Right. And mm-hmm. once you know that that's what's about to happen in context, it loses its weight. And that's yeah. why a mm-hmm. lot of trailers like kind of suck. That's why I love uh, that. I love like Marvel is doing stuff where they're putting shit into their trailers that isn't real. That is right. gangbuster shit. No, I like like that, that is like I really like that cool because that's like get your ass in the seat. We got your ticket money now. Surprise! Well, it's, it's without being like false advertising because like the energy is fuck false advertising. Yeah, I think I think you know you want to be consumer friendly when you come to like trailers and stuff. You want to pitch what you're Lie trying to, to put out there. But <laughs> show know. me Vin Diesel and Dwayne Johnson kissing in the new Fast and is Furious it? and not have it in the movie. I still have the trailer. Disagree. I want them to not kiss in the trailer, but kiss in the movie. Save that for me and my ticket sale. <laughs> I guess that's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know, like the idea of like you know, you see Hulk in the scene, but it's actually like what's even cooler if you have like the big Hulkbuster armor. Like yeah. the energy he still there, him like a bug, yeah. like a bug. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Diana. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you understood it. 
That's before he's Green Goblin. That's, That's when he's just a normal. That's when he's just a nice guy. He's just a nice he's guy. He's a nice scientist, mm-hmm. man. Harry, you forgot your bag. <laughs> I'm Willem Dafoe. William Dafoe. I'm like a goblin, but in real Roddy, life. Roddy, it's Willem. You Willem? keep saying William. Yeah. It's Willem. <laughs> Finish it! <laughs> uh, so, does anybody else want to say anything about Thunder Road before we move on to our last one of this half? I mean, we're I'm doing very good. We're, we are keeping it down. To I 10 didn't. minutes. We're it really it. is Jim Cummings' show, but I yeah. liked the actor that played his partner as a police officer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was uh, awesome. He's really good. I wanted to give him a shout-out, too, because I couldn't remember his name. Um, it is uh, Megan s- Robinson. Yeah, it's not somebody I'd seen before. I'm not familiar with him mm-hmm. either. I just uh, liked that. It also has Megan Blair popping oh, in yeah. there real oh, quick. Oh, that's a great scene with Megan Blair. He's the t- the teacher. Yeah. Oh, like, Megan okay. Blair, like, yep. he's very particular <laughs> to, like, Green Room and Jeremy Solomon movies, but he was also, he popped up in the Florida Project last year. Oh. When I was we were watching that one, yeah, we were just like mm-hmm. he just shows up and he's just like, I had sex with the prostitute character and I'm here for my r- bracelets. And you're like, is that fucking Megan Blair? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, also, Wilhelm Dafoe. Yes. <laughs> so to go off that, uh, I thought I felt very much the same vibe and headspace when I was watching Thunder Road as I did the Florida Project. Oh, I can and see as that. Yeah, that's fair. Awful yeah, yeah. and like heartbreaking it is to watch children be in bad environments Mm. i think it's very powerful storytelling and i think it's important to get that out there because it's so true to life i don't personally know anyone who went through those things as children but like in southeastern indiana i knew plenty of families like at an arm's distance who probably dealt with a lot of these issues Mm. and i think it's important to recognize it and not just push that like under a rug and totally. so, like, oh, things like yeah. that don't happen. Like, right. It's very true to life. And it's sad to watch, but I think it's important to watch. Florida Project is one I really want to revisit again, too, because mm-hmm. it made my list last year as well. So but good. I had only seen it the one time. I'd mm-hmm. love to rewatch it. I'd love. Is that the one where, where uh, it, it's he's talking to all of the people? He's talking to the little girl at the at the projects and he's just like the one thing that everybody likes to see more than a hero is to see a hero fail oh, fall f- die trying <laughs> oh my gosh uh-huh. or is that spider-man that's Spider-Man. i think it's sorry sorry sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> Burge, you're spinning your last web i yeah, know <laughs> don't do it again i'm gonna flip this table Tanya's gonna leave uh the last right. thing i want to say about thunder Road yeah yeah is please please i watched this movie because you sold this movie on me this is how we started this conversation don't like, well, like we said, don't watch the trailer. Yeah, just don't go, watch the trailer. just like, just go watch it. Cause I don't even think you need to watch like the short film. Like, I, now that the movie exists, like, yeah, just go. Just go. The, just the go, first yeah. thing I saw about this movie before I watched it was the thumbnail on Amazon when I clicked That's all you fucking need, <laughs> dog. And, that's, that's and like, it. that was the best way to see it. <laughs> so, yeah. I think if you do watch the short film, it's not going to ruin anything for you. No, definitely not. But, but you yeah, also don't need to watch yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I it spoils yeah. the first 10 minutes, but the first 10 minutes become different immediately and you're like oh i see what this is this is different here yeah also i'd watch that a lot that yeah. intro is mama mia yeah. <laughs> uh so moving on finally uh for this half um jack hi what movie did you want to talk about first first i would like to talk about hereditary Spooky. <laughs> so in the last couple years a24 has had kind of one big bombshell horror movie two years ago it was the witch which has become one of my not just one of my favorite movies of all time it's like solidly in probably my top five of all time list uh last year it was it comes at night which i also deeply loved that's one of my favorite podcasts we ever recorded if you want to go back and listen to it and this year they did 
Hereditary, which Hereditary is a debut movie by writer-director Ari Aster. And the that amount blows of, me away that the it's the first time. The amount of craft Crazy. that Ari Aster is able <laughs> to get out of this movie and accomplishes in this movie for being a first-timer writer-director is stupid. It's, it's real. stupid. It's, it's if I was if I was writing and it's directing insane. movies, if I wanted to break into that, I'd yeah. be like, "This is not fucking fair." No, yeah, right? That's right. Stupid. You're like, no, 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 no. I raise my hand. To it's the not like fair when you see, <laughs> but it's not fair. But what about me? It's like when you go to a guitar center and you see a five year old just rocking the drums like you've yep. never seen before, and you're just like, "Well, I'm I'm just gonna cut my hands off because fuck this, I'm never gonna be that good." Spend too much time smoking weed and jerking off. Yeah, no way. This kid's way ahead of me. <laughs> so, so hereditary is, it, you know, it, it kind of works with a lot of the themes that we've been talking about with some of these other movies, like with Thunder Road, the idea of being a parent and realizing that your parent had their own shit going on yeah. and their own shit affected you probably <laughs> fucked up and had a lot to do with how you came up through your life. And now as a parent. Whether you realize it or not, that is being passed on to your children as well. And subconsciously, you are doing the same kind of thing to your children that was done to you that you blame your parent for, maybe even hate your parent for. And now it's happening again. And like, and it's also not only that, but a deeply bone-chillingly upsetting movie. So fucking disturbing. It's... Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it's the kind of movie where you might hear people talk about it and say like, oh, that wasn't scary. Like anecdotally, I've heard a few instances where, um, not me because thank God it, this didn't happen to me because I would be in jail for murdering someone. Um, <laughs> oh, other people, people were in the theater were laughing noises. or talking yeah. or making noises. And it's, it's one of those things. Stupid. I'm going to come back to this yep. when I talk about Mandy as well, but I think there is, and I've been maybe toying around with writing an article on this. I don't know. We'll see. Um, kind of the power of 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 trance and hypnosis within movies, and how especially horror movies, just like hypnosis, you can't be hypnotized involuntarily. That's just not how hypnosis works. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You can't go into a horror movie and say, I, oh, this isn't, I'm not going to be scared by this yeah. because some people don't want to be scared when they go see a mo- horror movie. Yeah. However. But it's scary. Yeah. If, <laughs> it gets you. It, it gets me. Yeah. If I, you're I willing. about that. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll unpack this. If you're willing and you show up and you just lean back and say, all right, I'm going to let my guard down. I'm going to watch this and I'm going to let this take me where it goes. It can sink in and it's, and that's why it's not maybe quote unquote scary because it's not your whatever conjuring Annabelle where it's like scary pop out of the closet, scary monster in your face kind of thing. It's the kind of thing that just (laughs) out. Am I (laughs) everything about this movie just seeps into you. And by the end, it's so you've got such a chill in your bones that when it does that flip and it does do that flip Mm -hmm. eventually, it is taking all that that's under your skin and just Ripping your skin off like <laughs> like the the sheet under a, a table, mm-hmm. and it, they're not doing it gingerly like a magician. Gross. Everything is flying off with it. <laughs> you know so, that moment in the trailer. Sorry, uh, you know right. that moment in the trailer where it's like it's the house at night, and then it, there's a snap sound effect, and it's daytime, and they do yeah. it in the movie as well. Yes. Yeah. But for the context of people that might have only seen the trailer, 
they do a plot device in the movie, which we will not spoil. We will but not talk no. about. No. It is literally uh, when I saw it. Um, no. Like everybody in my theater like started losing it and they're just like, no, 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 no. Part of me is glad that I did not see this in the theater because I very much would get annoyed or pulled out of something by other people talking or jeering or making noises about stuff. That's what I mean by hypnosis. Like that happened a little bit in a quiet place for me where people were just like, they brought little kids in there. People were talking. They were, yeah. They were like, oh, no, you don't. Yeah. There was just like a lot of that. Yeah, if someone was eating popcorn during your viewing of A Quiet Place, you had a very different experience. Totally. But for this movie, part of the reason that, like, I'm not a huge lover of horror normally. and I'm right there with you. And Robbie's Robbie's review of this was dead on in in that, like, this movie was fucking scary. But it was also just, like, the slow build of disturbing, like, the family dynamics of it without it getting any aspects of horror were just that much uncomfortable. Like the dynamics, like you said, between parent and kid and, or between, you know, husband and wife, just like, I don't even think the movie's like very, and like, let me get through it. I'm not saying that I don't think the movie's particularly like scary. It's like, Dreadful, yeah. like you know, yeah. like that's more of what it is. Like it's not. You're yes. It's not yes. that's like a booga booga. You're like, oh no. my god, this is so spooky. No, you're it's just, just like, like this is oh my god. If I had it's to, like, do I see eyes under the bed at the yeah. end of the hallway? What is that? Is that? Well, it's like wait, it's, what, it's, what is that? No, I think for me, it's more of just like you think about maybe like something like terrible, bad thing that you did, and you keep it a secret. And you're like, do I? Yeah. Do I kill myself? Like, yeah. like yeah. that's what the movie's oh, like positing to you, where it's just yeah. like that, like sense of just like your weakest moments are filled with dread. Right. Like, that's what the movie's, like, mm-hmm. honing in on. So it's like... You think something kind of bad is going to happen, but then something really fucking really bad happens. And then you're like, bad. oh, my God! And then with the yeah. cool thing about this movie, which Jack, like, alluded to, is that there's, like, a switch to, like, where it's like, oh, did you think this wasn't a conventional horror movie? It's it scary. still is big! Yeah, yeah, yeah like it's rip wild. the lid off of it. Yeah. I... Go ahead, Bernadette. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, I'm very much like Diana. I'm not one who gravitates towards poopy films because I'm a bit of a wimp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I have bad dreams. This is the type of film that I adore. <laughs> because for me, when I go into any horror film, I, I'm like, I'm going to beat this film up. It's not going to get me. I go in with, like, not a wall. I'm letting the film affect me. Right. But yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to get scared. <laughs> and then it beats yeah. me up. Like, you didn't know Hereditary, <laughs> like, knew, like, Kung Fu. Right. Like, oh, no. But then, really quickly, just to finish that thought, uh, my favorite types of horror films are films that, at the end, they become completely recontextualized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that's what made it scary. Yeah. More than anything. Hereditary like, has I like didn't a, know what was happening. There's and like now a level I do. Or there yes. and like background and history that like yeah. you can kind of gleam into, but by the end of the movie you're just like, oh fuck, there's like a history to this world that mm-hmm. I didn't even know about. And it's mm-hmm. like but it's also cool because then it's like, yo, we made hereditary too or whatever. Probably won't well, do that, this so I'd see it. I don't care. Um, please I, don't. I don't. It's <laughs> a it's a movie I, I quite literally like Googled some shit afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that that's uh not real life shit, but it's like that's based on some, some stuff real life that's shit. written, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, was written by people in history and is, has a real historical context mm-hmm. without 
getting into it too much. That's yeah. kind but, of like the witch then in yes, that sense. Exactly. Almost. And like, I kinda believe in that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that I makes can it imagine. creepier. Yeah, that's yeah. like creepy. Or, certain, or you yeah. believe that there are people who believe that yes. out there. Also and, makes it scary. And that makes it scary <laughs> yes. because real people do <laughs> scary shit to each other because yeah. they think some other powers I I don't think that there's anything wrong with believing in vampires and ghosts. Like <laughs> if they're not real, not hurting anybody. Right. And if they are Gotcha. Yeah. I was the yeah, one that was exactly. saying, like, don't do that. Don't yeah. go into that house. Yeah, um, for sure. Vampires there. There are vampires that live there. They'll get you. <laughs> There's a reason those stories, you know, come into play, whether sure. it's a real thing or if it's, right. you know, metaphor or whatever. But it all comes from somewhere. But um, th- and your point, Bernadette, and, and kind of your point as well, Diane, is, is why I started this talking about hypnosis, because mm-hmm. hypnosis is a thing. You know, trance is a thing. Like, your mind is a powerful thing. Your mind can be manipulated in certain ways to do certain things, but mm-hmm. only if you want it to. Yeah. And if you don't let it, if you don't want it to, that that's not going to happen for you. But if you let these things in, it, it can be very powerful, but it's also very fragile. Mm-hmm. And again, the, the theater experience with that kind of thing, you can be snapped out of it very easily. But mm-hmm. if you have that experience where it, it you let it get under your skin, it is, this movie is unlike... Well, I mean, honestly, I do think that A24 has regularly hit this note. I think it hits the same notes that The Witch does. I don't. I, th- I like it comes at night for other reasons yeah. besides that. It's different. Um, it's a little different. Uh, I think it does have that very dreadful, unsettling nature to it. But Hereditary, almost more than, and, than any of these three, really gets there. Yeah, yeah I don't want to like list previous horror films. That I think it harkens to, because then it kind of gives away some of the stuff. Sure, sure, sure. But I definitely don't think that the bones were completely original. But what they did with those bones, the flesh on those bones, is something I've never seen in my life. Yeah, definitely. And even just the way, like like I said, the craft that Ari Aster's doing with this, the way this movie is shot in the way that it constantly has a diorama sort of feel to it, which directly ties into the characters in the movie and then what's going on with the characters in the movie. It just has such a unique look to it from the very first shot mm-hmm. of the movie. That's very distinct and, and very pleasing to the eye while it's also dreadful and horrifying. Yes. You know, that trope where like you're watching a horror film and you're like, no, don't go in there. Don't yeah. go in there. Yeah. Within the first scene when the camera pans yeah, into the diorama, much. It's like, I was don't like, go in there. Don't go in there. It's like, well, <laughs> that's bad. Got bad news for you. We're staying in here the whole whole time. time. This is the movie. (laughs) Before we take a break, can I just... This cast is awesome. Well, there's a big snub, and big Oscar snub. Yeah, I know you guys. Yeah. Have, oh, like the, oh, I thought yeah. you meant this podcast. Oh, sure. Now. Yeah, yeah. Podcast <laughs> great. Yeah. I was like, so damn, yeah, me too. Yeah. I was having yeah. a great time. <laughs> no, I, I know at length that you guys want to talk about Tony Collette totally getting snubbed, but I, I very quickly yeah. also just want to shout out to her son, mm-hmm. Alex Wolf. In the movie. That kid in the movie. is. is He's blowing it. up. Yeah, because we, like we were talking about my friend Dahmer earlier, and he's great in that. Yeah. and I just feel like he's making some good choices. And he's, he's, and he's just this fine. Is such he's good. This is a thankless <laughs> role for him too. It's oh, so yeah. like, good. I know though. That, that that like sometimes that can become just like a like a such a title to just throw out there, but it really is like. He just needs He's to kind of play like boy. one way the whole time. He's also like one of the main characters of the movie, and I feel like that's well, not and that's like kind of like getting into because that's not yeah. what what the movie was presented as sure. before you uh-huh. watch it. Yeah, sure. and it's it really is. I was very much blown away by all of the actors in this movie yes. are just like 
even uh, uh, Gabriel Byrne is it Gabriel, Gabriel Byrne? Yeah, yeah. Is her he husband. is just dude. Who well, his he's... agent? Who got him that role? <laughs> yeah. Where he was just like you, one of the most famous people of the last thirty he's years a great that actor. hasn't been doing much. Wanna be this guy in this movie? <laughs> yeah. And he was like, "Fuck yes, I do." <laughs> I want to be married to Tony Collette. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> this is also the, I kind of imagine in sort of the like Exorcist kind of vibe, the kind of movie that probably took a toll on the people that were involved in making it. <laughs> uh, I can't imagine Tony Collette walked away scot-free. Do you think Anne Dowd is just fucked in real life? Because she is so <laughs> scary. like All the time. She's scary on Handmaid's Tale. She's She's just, she's yeah. awesome. She kills it. No, she's like the nicest person. Like she's like in real life. She's like Olivia Coleman. Like when you saw Olivia Coleman Olivia win Coleman. for the favorite, which we'll I talk love about a little bit. It's like Olivia Coleman. She's just, she, like Ann Dowd is just like one of the nicest people. Unless you get her to talk about Trump, which like she's still one of the nicest people. <laughs> and it's just like it's amazing that these super nice people yeah. can become like these abysmal characters Intense. because they're just able to do it yeah. and also play this role. Uh, and mm. and and do a really good job yeah. playing that role. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Tony Collette, man, she kills it. Tony Collette's very good. You know, you talk about screams in a horror movie, and <laughs> there is just it, it goes into you know what Mike mentioned before, and we don't want to get into to specifics, but there is just a, it's just so chilling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost like a never before, never again type of scream that yeah. you'll hear. Yeah. And you don't want to hear it again if you no. don't rob your eye because we oh, have bad dreams. Ne- I will literally never see this movie again. <laughs> I might, but it's going to be a little while before. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. You will have to force, Bridge will have to force me at the theater and be like, guess what we're showing today and guess you're working. I told you that. Yeah, uh, yeah and I'm going to be fucking mad mm-hmm. and I, do my job. I, I was, was like, you know what? I think twice. somebody's going to try and uh, pirate Hereditary that's been out for two years now. Uh, I'm going to need you to go in there and make and watch the whole movie and make sure nobody's <laughs> doing anything. <laughs> Or you're fired. This is one of those movies Fuck. that I have to watch again, like during the day, so that it's still light out when I get Maybe out. Maybe bring a portable so that, DVD player outside. Yeah. The on sad, a summer bring day. a sad lamp for after, so I get vitamin Hereditary's D. Hereditary is a good movie to show, like on a nice, bright, sunny afternoon, like in the middle of summer. Yeah. So when you come outside, you're you're still like. <gasps> Maybe, maybe yeah. have a loved one that just holds you the whole time. <laughs> I'd still be scared. Like, yeah. well, it'd still be having a bad time. So that's maybe. funny. In my house, I have a lot of natural lighting, and I watched in my house during the daytime so that I wouldn't be as scared. Totally. <laughs> You're still scared. I, I'm still scared, still scared, A. But B, watching it, I realized that I had like, missed a few things because oh. it was so bright that it's I very, couldn't the see The movie's very dark. Oh, yes, 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 yeah. yeah, the There's movie is very dark. Corners. And so I yeah. watched a lot of it again. What like, the fuck on is wrong with you? <laughs> I didn't want to be scared. She, but like, she's a professional, Robert. Oh, I mean, yeah. oh, the, the story itself, that's even like a, without seeing some of the things yeah. that I couldn't see, that's like haunting of Hill House. Was you got to watch awful. that in the dark. <laughs> yeah, and that's so that's it affected the thing. me it's, even more. I think going back and rewatching it, and then being like, "Oh damn, I missed a shit ton of stuff that totally would have spooked me out." But the writing yeah. itself already spooked me. Yeah, yeah, yeah So it was like double layers. I mean, as a familial drama, it's. It's disturbing mm-hmm. on its own. Like if you had turned the lights on on this whole thing and it hadn't had any sort of actual horror nature to it, it would have been an upsetting movie to begin with. For sure. And then you layer on who is someone who I think is probably going to become one of the better horror directors working now. And he already has another movie coming out in 2019 that I am absolutely psyched for. Cool. I, it's it's something else. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, we're gonna take a quick break, real quick, and when we come back, uh, we're gonna we're gonna start off with just doing like a quick kind of like uh, blurting out some stuff that's not necessarily making this list right now that we might not get to with the Oscars, but just some quick stuff. We'll have some quick uh, roundabout discussion about some movies that made our list that we really want to get out there, and then of course we'll get back to we we have a formula, and we're gonna get back to it uh, in the second half. So uh, we will be right back after this quick commercial break. Wait, uh, did you know I'm somewhat of a scientist myself? Uh, I heard. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another episode of It's Fits, where Story Screen's own film laureate, Brian Robert Fitzgibbons, speaks on a film. Today, Fitz will discuss the 1994 Frank Darabont masterpiece, The Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> Morgan Freeman. <laughs> I think I have to start out naming some Tim Robbins, Morgan Freeman, a couple other people I don't know. Walking the Green Mile. Um... But either way, that movie is fucking stop cursing. It's really good. We were, I was just talking about it, and like I can't even talk about it right now. We get we got to scratch all these men. No way. They're bad. <laughs> They're good. This has been another episode of It's Fits. And welcome back. Uh, so before we uh, move on, uh, we're going to keep this going. Uh, before we get back to uh, the formula that we were doing before, uh, we are going to just kind of talk about uh, some movies that we're not going to get to talk about in depth uh, each throughout this thing. Uh, and we're going to, uh, you know, as they say, MJ and I, we're going to have ourselves a hell of a time. I'd like to just say blind spotting was my number five. We recently talked about four blind spotting is fucking great. It yep. is an amazing, amazing movie, yeah. and really everybody funny. should see it. Has everybody here seen Blind Spotting? Yep, Brenda hasn't. I was surprised how much I really like hit me. Yeah, sure. It's I cool. thought I thought it would be good when it came out. Didn't see it in the theater. Finally caught up yeah, with it and was same. like, "Shit, that was really impactful." It was in and out of the theater really quickly. It was. So you know, it has a it has like a really good trailer, but like the movie is like some other monster. You it know totally I mean? is. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. it has a good trailer, but like I'm glad I I went out of my way to see it. You're kind of like, like oh, "Fuck, this was awesome, dude!" From Hamilton, is this going to be weird, rippity rapid in the whole time? And yeah. it's not. But then, <laughs> a little bit. but it then is, there is, and it's in a good way, and it's good. Uh, yeah. Highly recommend the double LP release for the. Uh, for the movie, the oh. two David the, Diggs and Raphael—they have their Saul. own like mm-hmm. they have their own like separate albums. They rap on each other's though, but it's like really good. Like Easy Come Easy Go is like one of the best raps. It's so last year. It's, it's so great. fucking yeah. good. Um, Robbie, what did you have? Do you have one? Uh, I was thinking about talking about like if Bill Street could talk for a hot minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, from uh, Barry Jenkins who did Moonlight of 2016. Uh, if Bill Street could talk is beautiful. It's phenomenal. Uh, it's. I think we're going to talk about it a lot more when we do our Oscars podcast because I do think it's got some love, but not 
the amount of love I think it deserves because I really do think it's like a very special movie and it's very poignant. That was a tough one for me to not have on my list. Like Spy- <laughs> Spider-Verse and If Beale Street Could Talk were my 25, as yeah. I've said, and yeah. I have to I have to kill seven of them and just kind of figure out which one do I really want to talk about more. Mm-hmm. And I figured that Beale Street and Spider-Verse were really going to get some stuff. And Beale Street just, is just beautiful. Diana, you saw Beale Street Could Talk too. Oh man, right? it's, it's beautiful. Sad. It's very, very beautiful, very sad. I have to um, say it didn't hit me in the same way. I prefer Moonlight. Moonlight. Yeah, I prefer Moonlight because like the subject matter of Moonlight, sure. I think is like very unique and hit me specifically. But yeah. if you could talk is a very good extension of his his prowess. But it's also stuff. it just like shows his his eye, his lens, and yes. plus um, Regina King. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Fantastic. Yeah, man, she's, she's great. great. She so if it. she wins anything, she deserves it. She's mm-hmm. great. Burns, did you have one you want to talk about? Yeah, I had a couple really quickly. Uh, number two on my list was Corey Finley's Thoroughbreds. Uh, uh, again, yeah. written and directed by the same dude. Uh, kind of one of those ones that falls like late 2017, early 2018. Really flew under the radar, I think. Uh, it's been compared to things that I don't think is fair. Uh, like got compared what? to like Heathers? Heathers and American Psycho. Yeah, I didn't get that when I saw it. Like, I was like, ooh, American Psycho, Heathers kind of movie. I'll see that. And I watched it and I was like, no, oh, this is like its own little awesome beast. Like, I like yeah. this. Yeah. I agree. I Anna Taylor Joy. Anya Taylor Joy. How do you say her name? I think it's Anna. Uh, Anna? Yeah. I'm not sure. Anna. Anna. But yeah, I think that She's one good. is great. If you like films that deal with dialogue, this film is for you. It's great. Like, it's beautiful. That was another one that was on my 25. I had to, like, cut it. I was yeah. like, God, it's so good. I've been looking for that one, but it still costs a lot to rent. Yeah. I, think. I so checked I'm it out from for the library. It to, like, ah, okay. Smart. I right. love libraries. Please, please use your libraries. Oh, yeah. They're so great. <laughs> uh, but uh, then the other thing I wanted to talk about really You want quickly, to do another one? Yeah, just really quickly. Go for it. Yeah. Because it's kind of off book. Uh, the Adventure Time finale <coughs> happened this past year, and I'm a huge Adventure Time fan. And that made your list. And it made my list. It was top, It was number five because I felt like I needed to devote the top four to actual films, but I wanted to show just how much I love Adventure Time. And if it's been on your list to watch... I know it's a whole thing to get to through back. all of it. I have, I have to, to go, go back, back too. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I watched it. I probably the first two seasons. I think right. like very hardcore. I watched that and then fell off of it. How many seasons did it wind up being? It kind of was like nine slash ten. Okay, the so seasons got to a lot. Okay. the seasons got a lot shorter okay, towards cool. the end. I lost a bunch of time in a breakup, so I think it's been enough time where I can kind of <laughs> go back. Um, it's yeah. always there for you, Ronnie. It yes. is always there for me. It's hard when things are tied to people at points in your life. I think it's Good been or enough bad. time. I Good. think I can do it soon. Go Talk back. about it, though, Burn, really quick. Like, what oh, did you like about it so much? The Adventure Time finale, I think it's really hard to write a finale. And what really stuck out to me was that they weren't super concerned with wrapping up, like, the actual story. They were like, we're going to give you this little tidbit at the very end of, like, core moments in these characters' lives. And then cool. just kind of let it up to you. Cool. Which I think is great. And it, like, built another world that could exist outside of the actual story of Adventure Time. That sounds pretty awesome. In a beautiful way. It's great. Check Sold. it out. Cool. Jack, you got one? Yeah, mine is uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor. Yeah! Um, this is the movie about Mr. Rogers. It's a documentary. It's pretty much... I mean, I don't watch a ton of documentaries, but it seems kind of a by-the-numbers sort of documentary. But it's just about... I mean, Fred Rogers was just such a wonderful human being like through and through it's the kind of documentary that I, I, I saw and then a few people have said to me afterwards like oh so what's the secret like was he a navy seal was he secretly gay was he secretly a pedophile it's like no he's yeah. just like a genuinely 
really good dude who dedicated his life to teaching children and and adults for that matter empathy and seeing like a documentary about somebody who dedicated their life to that especially in 2018 is just like so heartbreaking but also heartwarming at the same time that like somebody like that could exist is a nice reminder that there are good people in the world but at the same time watching it for me was a little bit heartbreaking a because of the cynicism that like someone that's genuinely that good gets met by by the general public yeah, and people also expect mm-hmm. there to be something wrong with exactly them. like yeah. you can't just have a pure person anymore mm-hmm. and then b that there just doesn't seem to be a figure like that when we kind of really desperately need one yeah. so mm-hmm. d and i saw it when we were down in um cape cod and they turned the lights on like right as the credits started and everybody, I was and crying. everybody was just crying it was like no, don't, don't do that don't, don't, shoot yeah. me don't look yeah. at me don't look yeah. at me yeah. and, I, and i saw i saw won't you be my neighbor one week with Mike and then the following week my cousin and I went to see RBG and I felt like they were in my memory are kind of tied to each other yeah because they're both like hey real people can be heroes and if real RBG, people can be models of it, what you want to be if she wants any of my bones she can have yeah them. and I'm like <laughs> oh, yeah 100% anything that RBG, yeah. anything she needs please you, need? you can take yeah. it I don't and need it much. I don't need it as much as you do. RBG did get nominated for an Oscar but won't you be my neighbor did not and Snubbed. I was I was disappointed by that I know Byrne you were disappointed that Three Identical Strangers didn't get nominated there was a mm-hmm. lot of good documentaries this year mm-hmm. yes. Minding the Gap got nominated right it yes. did and, I, and that's we'll one about, I'm gonna we'll, watch we can talk about those things more in the Oscars when we all have a chance because Minding the Gap fucks it's great uh, D, what did you want to talk about? Um, can I talk about more than one real quick? Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to keep going around. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. Um, then the first one I want to talk about is uh, Wildlife, which mm. is first time directing by Paul Dano. Yes. And he co-wrote it with Zoe Kazan, who's his partner. They just had a baby. Um, but I think that that is kind of the cool thing because it's an adaptation of a, of a book, but it's got Carrie Mulligan who fucking carries the movie. She's awesome. She carry Mulligan's the movie. She totally does. <laughs> and then it's got Jake Gyllenhaal and the the kid is played, uh, his name's Ed Oxenbould. And the cool. only other movie Oxenbould. that he Good was name. in was like The Visit, that horror movie about the kids that go uh, see their grandparents. That's the only thing I recognized him from, but he's great glad he's in moved this. on. Yeah, he's great in this. And, and it kind of talks um, a lot about like what Bernadette mentioned earlier with realizing your parents are real people which means they fuck shit up, they hurt each other, and they hurt you. It's not always intentional, but then you see him change through the movie because of it. And it's kind of like a quiet, slow build at first, and then it's awesome. So it's a good one. Yeah. And you can uh, rent it. It's it, out rent there. It. I, I really liked it, too. <laughs> it's uh, really it's on my short list to rent. Yeah, yeah it's mm-hmm. good. It's very good. And it's it's kind of like kind of fun because it's almost like two different movies, like kind yeah. of split in half. You kind of get... Carrie Mulligan, and then you get Jake Gyllenhaal, more kind of stuff. Not yeah. to get to do spoily, but uh, I want to talk about real quick a uh, really special movie that kind of flew under the radar of like almost everybody in the film community that I talked to called uh, Madeline's Madeline. Oh, I wanted to see it that. It is so fucking good. And I'm going to say nothing except do not watch the trailer again. Well, I did watch this the was, trailer. Is that going to ruin it? Not really. It's just like no, you're fucked. I hadn't Sorry. seen the trailer and Don't I watched watch the movie it. and it blew me away. And then I watched the trailer and I was like, oh, it, 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 you can put it into context with the trailer, you know? Yeah. And like, I was like, you know what? You're better off just not watching it. Don't worry about it. But the movie is It's got Miranda phenomenal. July in it. That's the only thing that I took yeah. away from the trailer. And <laughs> it's got uh, this girl. Uh, I believe her name is uh, Hannah Howard. Uh, she was, um, I think 15 or 16 when she made the movie, like when she starred in it and it is, it's the best, it's the best performance of the year in my opinion. 
It's great. Better than uh, Jim Cummings. Yes. It's, <laughs> she's a phenomenal fuck. because it's fucking like 15-year-old girl. Fair. It's great. And she carries the whole movie. So that's – want to get that one out there. Yeah. Robbie? Uh, we kind of have all the movies covered on my list, but I had one honorable mention when I did do my write-up. Uh, it's a little video game called Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, you know, a lot of times when you have conversations about video games, you got to talk about the mechanics at play and the story. Right now, I just want to talk about the story. And it's really, it's it's an epic. It's an odyssey cowboy journey. It's a Western at its heart. And, you know, following our protagonist, Arthur Morgan, who's a cowboy in a time where being a cowboy is a lifestyle that's dying is one of my favorite narrative experiences of the year. It also, you know, was a hundred hour video game that came at a time when I was unemployed and very sad. So it was very <laughs> nice to be a cowboy <laughs> during that time. A little escapism. Nice a little bit of skateboarding. <laughs> a little bit of escapism, you know, the ending is very sad. But uh, very, very good video game. I, you know, I I think you probably have already, if you listen to this, you probably already know about this game in the ether, you know about it, but it's it's really a, a triumph in video game storytelling. And Robbie and I have made a blood pact that we made when I, we were both very drunk very to drunk. record an episode of Talking Simulator about on it. that video game. So watch out for that in uh, two to three years. Watch out. <laughs> Burton, you got another one? Yeah, sorry. I'll do a quick one I already talked about too. Eh. Check out Skate Kitchen. Oh, if you I want to see that. Because yeah. I haven't watched Mid-90s, which we'll get to. I wanted to be able to compare but them. Skate <sighs> Kitchen is about an all-female skate group that actually exists in New York City, uh, co-founded by Rachel Vinberg, or Rochelle, who stars in the film. It's directed by a woman. It's just a great powerhouse of like ladies dealing with being a woman in a sport, skateboarding, that's relatively thought of as a male-led sport. Right. And it's great. It definitely feels like you're watching a documentary. It's still touring internationally right now. So I know the movie didn't get a lot of traction, but I think it's starting to get a lot of buzz. It's free if you uh, subscribe to Hulu right now. Yes. Just got dropped <laughs> oh, on that. Which, oh, cool. seriously, everybody should just do, because Hulu, Hulu gets all these indies made it for free. Also. Yeah, yeah, it's just like, you just do it and just, like, yeah. forget about, like, the six or seven dollars that you get. I mean, it's sorry to bother you, just, like, got on there, yeah. too. Like, yeah. it's... Uh, mm-hmm. That, that documentary, great. Mind the Gap, is on it. There's a, there's some good movies that just dropped on Hulu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jack, you got no? I've got two really, really quick ones. Go They're for both it. horror movies. One was on my list. The other one was very close to being on my list. The one that's on my list is called The Night Eats the World. It is a zombie movie about a guy who gets trapped in an apartment building by himself um, as there's like basically the zombie apocalypse uh, outside. So I've kind of described it as like sort of 28 Days Later meets I Am Legend, but it's very much about mental health more so more you know, the, the zombies yeah. are an allegory for him dealing with his own mental health and depression and locking out the world <laughs> and and dealing with that and how that can feel good at first but also eventually it can feel bad as well the other one is unsane uh, oh yeah good the, for you buddy steven soderbergh movie that he shot i still on. need to see that it's so it's so good. good it's really really cool it's so good i'm good. so pissed it's not on my list i uh, fucking same. hate it that and revenge he shot it on an iphone yes revenge is also really cool <sighs> check that one out he shot it on an iphone which is like a little bit like it's a gimmick but at the same time it actually works for the movie and the way like the aspect ratio is a little weird and it's very claustrophobic, but it's a movie about being stalked inside of a mental asylum that you're in against your will, which if that doesn't sound terrifying to you, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. That movie is so good. It's a great movie. It's great. It's so good. Claire Foy, fantastic. Fantastic. Oh, man. She don't stop. Do you got another one? Claire Foy. 
Um, I got two. And they're kind of linked together in my mind. They're my top two on my list. Um, Number two is is Lean on Pete, which this movie wouldn't be anywhere near as good if it wasn't for the main character, which is Charlie Plummer. Um, He is like teenager struggling with being poor. And both these movies kind of are in the Midwest. They're like Dakotas or Montana and they're kind of like showing this like stark beautiful landscape but then also poverty and kid trying to grow up and look for some kind of semblance of support and it's kind of one of those movies where you're like oh he starts working at the stables and he's gonna meet this horse and it's gonna be like Black Stallion and it's gonna be okay it's not okay okay. (laughs) the movie's really fucked and it's really sad but it's really really good Um, and then my number one was The Rider, which uh, I kind of went back and forth with, but this movie also really affected me because it's kind of like these these ideas of masculinity and how you deal with your sense of self being tied to something. Like The Rider's all about him riding Broncos, suffering an injury, and then not being able to go back to that and then kind of figuring out, well, what the hell do I do with myself now? And it's pretty awesome. And the that, writer is so it good. It tackles it's, toxic yeah. masculinity in a way I've like never really yeah. seen before. It's, and so, not, it's so sensitive when it doesn't need to be. Yeah. And, and they're not just, actors. They're no. non-professionals. They're mm-hmm. like essentially playing like themselves. Yeah, it's um, really and it's written good. and directed by a woman. Chloe I, Zhao? I believe mm-hmm. I believe that's mm-hmm. her name. Yeah. And uh, It's beautiful. I think she it's she adds like a, a gaze or a glimpse into that lifestyle that I, that I think only she could really do. And that one's kind of interesting because even though the characters are they're primarily seemingly white. It kind of has this tie to different things in culture, like Native American culture, yeah. cowboy culture. It's just kind of a cool, it's very cool. cool thing. It's so, neat. Yeah. yeah. Check uh, them out. I'd like to, uh, since everybody else got three except for me and Robbie, uh, I'd like to really quick <laughs> talk Sorry. about uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, which Woo! I really like, and we're not going to get to talk about <laughs> it on the Oscars, because, you know, I'd love to talk about, I feel like we're going to talk about some snubs and things that were done, like First Reformed, A Star is Born, different stuff like that. We have an episode reserved for that that we'll be recording in a couple weeks. Mission Impossible Fallout is such like a movie slaps. It's great. I love it. I rewatched it not too long ago. The movie is just like you can think back on it and every positive thought that you have on how everything works and flows well just works again the second time. That bathroom fight scene, how everything looks, all of the jokes land again. There's rumors now that Henry Cavill's character is going to come back for a sequel, which doesn't, I fucking call. Doesn't make the, sense. I call doesn't it make sense. Because they scanned his face. No spoilers. It's in the first like time. They scanned his face. It's going to be an imposter. And we don't know who it is. And they're going to get a new director. Uh, Robbie, what movie would you, would you like to <laughs> talk about? Uh, I was not expecting to have another movie to talk about but jack kind of uh jostled my memory uh revenge great movie revenge is so fucking good i still um, need to see that it is you know jeremy actually just wrote in a jeremy kolajeski who also made a top 10 who is not on this he wrote an amazing article on revenge that i highly recommend everybody go read after you've seen the movie He's not very spoilery in it, but it's definitely better to have seen the movie first and it's a quick watch. Um, Check that out. I recommend, you know, it's from its score, which is like synthy, sci-fi sounding. And it's like explosion of like high contrast colors. And it's like kind of like a secluded setting that's like almost like in a deserty environment. The movie just looks and sounds amazing, but it's, you know, 
it's a rape revenge movie, which I know when you hear that phrase, it puts a sour taste in your mouth, but it's written and directed by a woman, and she does a lot to subvert the male gaze and kind of weaponize it for a female protagonist. It's the same. And the way she does it, the last confrontation in the movie might be one of my favorite action sequences. We were talking about that before we'd seen it. I was like, dude, the ending of this movie is like, I don't know what's going to happen. It's amazing. And like the moment you think that guy's out, you're like, Oh fuck! <laughs> it's that movie is so worth your time. It just narrowly that and insane were were on my list before some things had to kind of shuffle it out. But uh, those movies and Revenge is just it's it's so good. It's so fucking good. It's great. I, wa- I wanted to say really quick. It's insane that Mission Impossible Fallout was nominated for the SAG Awards for stunt cast yeah. or stunt ensemble and mm-hmm. did not win. What the fuck? I mean, Black Who Panther's won? great. Black, Black Panther? Panther? Which ah. is also great, but at the same time, there's something that should Mission win Impossible for stunts. There's I don't know, man. Tom Cruise alone. It's just, yeah. uh, it's not the type, it's not, yeah. it's not the type of movie to get, those stu- <laughs> to get those awards. It's like Black Panther getting all these Oscar <laughs> stuff. Like, that's a big deal. And, you know, Mission Impossible movies, maybe one day we'll get there. We're not there just yet, but like, I was a fucking goddamn mm. good movie. So, <laughs> sorry. Uh, so, uh, anybody else have any last ones? They just wanted to say the title of something. Because everybody, again, listening, you can check out our lists. We have a bunch of stuff on there. Like, I love The Guilty, which is like this really great foreign film. And uh, I also wasn't able to get like uh, Racer and the Jailbird on my list. But that was also an amazing French film that I highly recommend. We're going to talk about the favorite a lot. We're going to talk about the favorite. A lot of the Oscar stuff. Yeah, we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Black Panther a lot on the Oscars, obviously, because it's nominated for almost everything. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, You were never really here. Probably want to say that one out loud. Yep, that's very good one. Very good. Check out Jeremy's list for very good write up on that. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, that's that's. Suspiria is awesome. I think that's all the movies. Except yeah. for the next five, we're going to say. Right. Except for the next Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll jump right back into it. Uh, Robert? Hello. You had a movie that you wanted to talk about, didn't you? So I really wanted to talk about mid-90s. Uh, mid-90s was the last 2018 movie I saw before I had to close polls and start making my list. And uh, mid-90s was also a movie that changed my list very drastically because I saw it and I was like, ah, fuck. So I crumpled up my piece of paper and threw it in the garbage and <laughs> nice. redid it again. <laughs> nice. Um, but, you know, Mid-90s is written and directed by, you know, you may know him as a boy from many other movies, but this is his first time <laughs> directing and writing. Bad. Mainly that. But first time writing, directing uh, Jonah Hill. And, you know, it's Mid-90s. Uh, it's, it's like a slice of life movie. It uses nostalgia, not in like kind of a... It's not trying to pull you in with its nostalgia. It's just kind of like like simmers in it. It just a creates a, an environment. That yeah, you exactly. Are in. And it, um, it looks like it was shot in the nineties. Like yeah, he just it, nails that. It looks amazing. And like you know, there's not really a lot of like oh, name. Shit. It wasn't shot in the nineties, was it? It can't. It couldn't have been. It's impossible. <laughs> I just realized that. It, you're right. It looks Dude, like it I looks, never questioned. It's not that. just a movie that I takes never place in the movie that. in the nineties. Yeah. It looks like it was made wow, in the nineties. Uh, Sonny Sonny Soljic, who uh, he's he's the main character in the movie. He's amazing. And then it's really just uh, Catherine uh, Watterson and Lucas Hedges as kind of like the big actors of the movie. Otherwise, there's a whole cast of kids that, that are actual they, skateboarders. They're just skateboarding kids yeah. and like. They're great. They're a ton of fun to watch. The kid that plays Ray is phenomenal. So good. And, like, I didn't expect the movie to kind of fill me with as, as much anxiety as it kind of did. And, and It like, does. It's yeah. very, it's almost like, it's it's just scary. And, like, there's an arc of descent that, I, that you don't quite get from the trailer. So I don't want to say any more about that. But I definitely recommend seeing this movie in the theater. There's a moment at the end of the movie that, like, 
jostled some weird things in me from my past and made me like you know really really fall in love with the film and uh yeah can't recommend it enough it's number four on my list of 10 it's just that so like really good. jumped up there i remember it was like yeah. the was polls like, were closed and yeah you pretty much had your list done and then you you caught mid-90s because it just dropped on vod yep. and diana was like really talking it up she wrote an amazing article mm-hmm. about it it's like here we go gotta see it and uh the, i did and the it was, music is awesome the music is just it, yeah and you know, it's an hour and 25 minutes long. It's nice it's so in and out, crazy. man. That I is nice. I, I have to say, it's like one of those movies where um, you definitely need the music. It creates the atmosphere of For it. Sure. And it also puts you in that like headspace with the memory of it. And it's, mm. and it's one of those weird things where, you know, like we're talking about all these movies where characters are coming of age and yep. <laughs> his character is really young for his age i feel like he's tiny he looks like a little he's kid. so small he's he might so be, small he, he might be the age but he's definitely like kind of like the runt right perhaps <laughs> so you know? he, he's kind of like the kid that comes late to skateboarding that doesn't have a big group of friends so it's yeah. kind of like you throw yourself into this mix for these people and then there's consequences which is awesome i'm really excited scary. to see this kid's like acting trajectory because um, yeah. he he's was in killing phenomenal. of a sacred deer and he's yeah. the boy, boy in god of war and like you know just having those two movies under your belt and then doing mid 90s is just like oh guess who's fucking killing it guess yeah. who's the guess who's the kid <laughs> at the dr- doing the drums at the oh. music store that's the kid that's the kid <laughs> it's also really i saw a really ridiculously cute so if it's the kid doing the drums at the music store it's mm. the kid pretending he's not good at skateboarding which he said is really hard to do i watched him right because he actually he actually skateboards so jonah yeah, hill funny. found him at the skate park because he was actually skateboarding and he was trying to teach uh, Jimmy Fallon on, on, I was watching just like a clip on YouTube, how to do an Ollie. And it was awesome. That's so cool. And it was really cute because he was trying to explain how it's hard to act like you don't know how to do it once you do, because your body just, it's like rote memory that you remember right. how to do these things. Yeah. It's, it's a really, well, you, the, the movie, it watches over you. It's yeah. so good. I guess the advantage to him actually knowing how to skateboard is he knows how to fall. Yeah, without because, killing himself. <laughs> oh my God, does this kid take a fucking beating in this movie? It. Yeah, so uh, I saw this movie on Monday. Woo! This past mm-hmm. Monday. So polls were definitely close right. for yeah. me. And at the end of it, I was like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, I was glad I got to see there's it. There's times when you're like, oh God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, oh, yeah. well, I mean, fucking that. Like, yeah. it probably would have made its way onto my list uh, had I seen it while the polls were still open. You know, he's he's a character where his his point is just like how much how durable is a child during these times, mentally like, and physically, mentally and physically, and like you know, and I think it, it just shows that like kids are really durable, but like the damage kind of like wears deep, yeah, and kind of like chips away at you even at like a young and vulnerable age like that. Oh man, and Lucas Hedges is a dick. Yeah, and he's, he's really he's, good as he's a dick. The, he's the you bad don't boy. See it coming. <laughs> yeah, he he's just not a nice brother. brother. He sucks. Yeah, yeah, he's a bad. <laughs> but you know, he has his own. He has his own baggage. Sure. Not yeah. to justify his bad behavior. Yeah, I, I had like because I have I have a little brother as well that's kind of like got that same age difference where it, it seems like it's not just a couple years. Like there's some formative years in between them yeah. where. He thinks he's a know-it-all and he's got everything and, like, he can kind of be the boss of, like, this little kid. And I feel like I used to bully my little brother a lot and I'd catch myself doing it and not realizing I was doing it and, like, apologize. But it's like, what if I never, like, caught on or what if I liked that I was bullying him? And that's kind of what Lucas Hedges is doing in this movie. And it's really, like, that is a realistic, like... 
inescapable bullying that you oh, yeah. can't get away from. Like you live with them. Yeah. No matter what you say, parents might just be like, you're overreacting. Get along. Well, they don't want to get involved sometimes. Right. Too, you know? Mm-hmm. And, so, oh, go ahead, Bernadette. Oh, I think I'm going to change the subject a little bit. So oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say that I wanted to shout out the, like the sound mixing and editing in this movie mm-hmm. because it, oh, every, <laughs> every hit in this yeah, movie. It does sound very real. Hurts. It's you so loud and so bassy and so it just it yeah. really makes you cringe and it starts off with yeah. with the with the main character getting beat up by his older brother. Oh, yeah. And it's fucking vicious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when it becomes him skateboarding and getting hit and falling down when he's skateboarding, it is just oof. Yeah. Ouchie. And that's kind of Ouchie. a message in the movie without giving too much away. It's like yes, that's the a older older character in the movie. Ray is like you know you don't always have to take all the hard falls so yeah it's kind of like mm-hmm. a learning curve <laughs> it's it's cool you know I almost expected in the movie to maybe like go beyond these years of his life but it's really just it's kind of nice all that about it's brief any... it's brief it's yeah, all about it's like, like it's what... a formative it's a time, time. capsule yeah, yeah. <laughs> not to make the joke because that actually is a joke again but it's the, you are who you choose to be <laughs> and you get to that point in your yeah. life where it's it's time for you now choose, now like, choose. It, it's it really is that like i meant to make that but then i realized the connection i had to or go for or it. suffer the children or you suffer the children <laughs> which also makes sense it, it connects <laughs> And him being so small. It's like poetry, right? When he's so small, he's doing some stuff in that movie that you're just like, you're too little. Yeah. No, don't no, do that. No, 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 no. So many things. So many things you're just like, oh, fucking God, no. Sorry. No, the fact that I haven't seen mid-90s, but you brought up that a lot of the people who are skateboarding in that film are skateboarders and not actors. Yeah. yeah. They're just people. Same thing with Skate Kitchen. I think it's mm-hmm. really interesting that they took two skateboarding movies to show how, like, talented humans are mm-hmm. right a lot sure. of the time you go to see a movie because of the names included in the movie but how exciting 2018 was for like untapped talent yeah yeah just yeah. people like they would find actual skateboarders that are around the age to surround the one leading star like right. Luke, lucas hedges who's like yeah. you know not a skateboarder but they would teach him how to do some basic stuff he'd have like a, a stunt double kind of thing same with mining the gap which same i highly with, recommend everybody it is well even crushing. same with the writer like yeah. that central family in the movie is a real family but they're not actors none of them so it's just yeah. them playing off of each other which is pretty awesome I think it just shows the, it shows the strength of uh the director true because like mm-hmm. you know it's all about kind of what you're yielding and who knew jonah hill would be so good yo man mm. he i think he is pretty on good. he is on the rise pretty good. Here for pretty good. Good. He had a good year yeah he had a good year that mm-hmm. one weird show on netflix maniac, maniac is good i watched the first few mm-hmm. episodes i kind of fell off but i thought it was cool oh. i definitely thought if it was you cool. go back yeah, to it, it it's yeah. worth it yeah. It's pretty good. I, like I mean, ever world. since his uh, his turn in uh, I love uh, Wolf Jonah. of Wall Street, mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. where Wolf you're just kind of like, yo, is Jonah Hill like the new Joe Pesci? What is this? <laughs> it's like, funny because in Wolf of Wall Street, it's like a hybrid of like the people he used to play right, and the and future like, he's about to Because there's yeah. something in there. He's <laughs> <And> got <laughs> he's got like that. Didn't he win an Oscar for Moneyball? Or you get nominated? Did he? he got nominated, he got yeah, because he's great in it. Because yeah. it's like you, you put Aaron Sorkin's words in like the right actor who knows how to chew them, and it's just gonna yeah. you're gonna kill it. Yeah, but in Wolf shops. of Wall Street, it really much is. It's like equal amounts, like super bad and that really weird shit. And you're yeah. also like, is this guy like a really fucking good actor? And he's just <laughs> it's saying like Emma Stone came from Super Bad, mm-hmm. and now she's like taking in Academy Awards and getting favorite, nominated yeah. again. Like she's yeah. kicking ass. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I think uh, it, this year is it's kind of cool because I think. In our age group, we're we're really starting to see kind of the people that we're growing up with become like the artists that we want to cherish and, and see forever. Yeah. You know, like 
they're coming up now. And like, that's why I think I'm very excited to be doing story screen now at this time during a time where like a lot of like first time directors, first time writers, you know, kind of yeah. starting with uh, Jordan Peele from Get Out. Like, I think totally. that's like, that's the, that was the watershed moment or, you know, the, the gates opening of just like, we're getting a lot of these yeah, movies, totally. you know. Yeah. We should mm-hmm. count. I'm curious to know out of all of our top 10 lists, how many movies are first time writer directors? Because I bet it's, it's a, a deal. lot. A good deal. I think there's definitely some that are just digits. like sophomore run too, mm-hmm. like where they had like one other movie, but then it was like this is the one that fucks. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I the mean, one who knocks. <laughs> you like you guys are going to talk about it in Oscar time, but like Bradley Cooper fucking directing Ooh, Star Wars: Born is yeah. out of the park. Yeah. Why really, he didn't get it, nominated? It really makes is me so crazy. That he was. It's insane yeah. that he was not. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving on yes. over to uh, Bernadette. What's the next sure. movie you want to talk about? Uh, this was the number one on my list. It's Boot Riley's Sorry to Bother You. Yeah. And I cannot believe that he got to do this movie at this time. It was a long mm-hmm. time coming. I mean, when I first saw the trailers for it, which I think this was actually a pretty well-marketed movie where it didn't <laughs> yeah. give away a lot of information. I agree, I agree with that. That I first trailer well. like was like, I'm in. It's weird, but they but don't cool. give a lot, which mm-hmm. is cool. And I was thinking, like, Charlie Kaufman, Michelle Gondry, like, that is a marriage made in heaven. And I hadn't seen, like, that type of absurdity on film since then. Yeah. Yep. I and agree with that. Yeah. Just from the beginning of the movie and after watching it again later on, like, you start to pick up on all of these things that it's alluding to from the beginning that you're just kind of letting wash over you because it's so much to take in. Like, there's a ridiculous amount of detail going into, like, even the first scene. It's loud. It's very loud. And it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And that's great. That's what I liked about it the most. That I thought it was super incredible and imaginative that Boots Riley took a medium, which is for escapism. And was like, well, if you're already escaping, sorry to bother you with, like, this terrible thing that's Some happening in our country. Life shit. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, stuff that you should be bothered with. But you're not allowing yourself to be bothered. And I'm very much a part of this problem where, like, I get riled up about a certain issue. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of fall back into complacency. Yeah. Yeah. And this movie is telling you, like, do not be complacent. Like, do not fall into, like, well, okay, well, I have a good job. Oh, okay, well, I'm making some money. Well, it could be worse. It could be worse. It's not happening to me per se. Right. And that's the problem. And, again, Tessa Thompson... Killing it. Killing oh, yeah. it. She won't stop. She won't stop killing it. Lakeith Stanfield. Killing it. Yeah. Won't in this stop film. killing it. Won't stop. I mean, yeah, he was in Get Out. Walking Dead, dude. Atlanta. Atlanta. He's so good at Atlanta. Oh, yes, he's he so is. Good. He's so good. I gotta watch that. And he's such a chameleon, too. The he, way he can His character in Atlanta manifest. is is very different yes. than he, who we had started by you, and he does both, like, very well. Very, very yeah. well. He's phenomenal in Atlanta. He's so oh good. He has no right to be that good. <laughs> Nobody has any right to be that good of an actor that, yeah. that he is on that show. Uh-uh. But this is one that, like, really it's hard to talk about plot. Because you get, like, the basic, like, oh, he works at a call center. And he's trying to move up the ranks at this call center. But we don't really know what the call center is about, the product they're selling. But the way they build this world within the first, you know, like, 15, 20 minutes, you're like, ooh, okay, this is something I was not expecting. Yeah. And the entire cast is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It was just a movie that stuck with me. And also, not to say that movies that make you not want to watch them again are bad in any way. Right. That speaks to the power of those films. But sorry to bother you. I was like, start it again right yeah. now. I just finished it. Let's watch it right now again. 
And it's got uh, great music from Tune Yards, and I've been following Tune Yards for a long time. He came and out the soundtrack with, a, was with amazing. an album, too, right? Didn't Boots Riley mm-hmm. make yep. an album to... Yeah. Because he's cool. an activist, and he's a rapper. Yeah, yeah he's, he's from, from the coup. Yeah. yeah, and he wore a bathrobe to an awards show. <laughs> like, he is just a cool dude. He, like, gets it. He was like, who cares about this, like, celebrity yeah. Hollywood yeah. bullshit? His, yeah. his Twitter he's above thread, it. It's his also... Twitter thread about the Oscars is really good. I I would highly recommend anybody go follow Boots Riley on Twitter. Him on social media is he's, A+. Uh, he's out there, and he's not... He he's doesn't care. He's speaking his fucking mind. Yeah. Plus, uh, sorry to bother you. And blind spotting both kind of take place in like current day Oakland, Oakland yeah. and like mm-hmm. addressing you know the shift and the change of that. And it is as like I have a lot of family that has lived either outside or in Oakland at various times, and they may be part of the problem or have known what was changing. It's just yeah. like the idea of gentrification and like weird shit and it not being what it was. Mm-hmm. So backstory, I moved to New York like roughly three years ago. And for the first year, I lived in Beacon, which is where Story Screen exists and breathes. And moving there, I understood they were dealing with a gentrification problem. And I went to a local bar, Quinn's, one night, just like a random Tuesday. And it was kind of like a town hall, like an impromptu town hall meeting where people were voicing their concerns. And I looked to my now husband and I said, you know, like, we're a part of this problem. Mm-hmm. And I said, we didn't mean to be. We're not bad people. But we're a part of this. And it's just, like, realizing all of those really deep layers that don't make you a bad person. But you have to be aware that totally. things check, are happening. Check your privilege in a way, you know. Exactly. But, like, not even, like, in, in a broad sense. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. I think, no, what are you going to say, Bruce? Uh, it, it's way off topic because it's more on it's more on like the ideals behind gentrification of Beacon and stuff like this because it's something that I've thought about a lot as somebody who's like opening up a movie theater, right? Beacon, and somebody who grew up in and somebody who grew up yeah. there. It's it, you know like and it's you know my two cents on it real quick and I think that sorry to bother you covers these things a lot is that there is a difference between like the small town gentrification that is happening in Beacon. Um, where uh, people are, it's right by a train that mm-hmm. leads to a major city. So right. it's a tourist trap and it's got one of the best school systems in the area. So people that fall into that tourist trap want to move there because they see how nice it is. And the landlords and the slum lords, sorry, that have been uh, buying property there ever since like the 80s and the 90s when it was just crime ridden, uh, they're jumping on the opportunity to raise the prices and they're refusing to sell. And they're just raising the prices and they're raising the rents. And all of the small businesses that are opening there are really trying to help out and keep their prices as low as possible. And that's not what gentrification is. And it's it's a very nuanced situation. And I think that you're 100% right. And that and that what Sorry to Bother You talks about is something that we all do need to check within ourselves as white people that are – that oh, could we be a part of this problem? And – I don't know. Like, I just want to touch on that real quick, just because I do think about that a lot. And because sure. Beacon is very important to me. And I'm always very nervous about, uh, especially like on like the podcast or anything on the website or anything like about the gentrification of it. Like if I'm involved in it, I want to make sure it's like, I think that there is a problem, but I don't think it's really relying on 
people like you and me who care and want to help out and are actually actively trying to help out all the time. Also very community focused. Yes. Yes. I mean, you did free movies all around Beacon (laughs) for years. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's more like, you know, there is like what's happening in like something like blind spotting where the gentrification is essentially the adversary that's coming in. Right. That is like really heavy gentrification where like small businesses are being, you know, like that's like uh, a local coffee shop in Beacon being bought out. And then all of a sudden it's a Starbucks or something bigger like that. Right. That's a chain out in Seattle. Like that is really aggressive gentrification in Beacon. We still have like Beacon's luckily has like no, like no big uh, businesses can come in. One Just one subway. Hey, we got well, like, the subway, like the right aid, like the right aid and the Dunkin' Donuts are grandfathered in because they were like one of the first big ones that like mm. came there. They Dunkin' got Donuts there. is fringe. Yeah. <laughs> It's pretty it's much for scale. Yeah. It's in technically yeah. And, you know, I've been getting more into the Dunkin' Donuts espresso lately. <laughs> it's quick, it's cheap, and it tastes like shit. I fuck with some. I'm sorry. Like what did you want? Get back to sorry to bother you. Uh, I don't I just, want, I don't I want, want to talk, I just want to talk, about, I'll talk about something you can for just, 15 you can, minutes. You can understand <laughs> that you are a part of the problem, but then you can also be part of the solution. Totally. Sure. I think that's also and, a very that's, good yes. That is very much what this movie is. Yeah, I wasn't disagreeing with anything that you said at all. It was just more like... This seems like a moment for me to just kind of just step up there real quick and get that out there. But I don't want to divert from the movies that we're talking about. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, Robbie, I think it was a, a much needed sidebar. Thank you. Yeah, um, by, I guess this is a good way to pivot back to the movie and kind of talk about just like the labor aspects of the film. And, you know, again, this is a movie that can only be made by Boots Riley from his years of being an activist. And like, you know, just made me question and think about like you know, my status of being someone who's been working for over 10 years since he was 17 and just kind of like thinking about like where you work, the rise and fall, what you, what do you actually want? What kind of lifestyle do you, are you like aiming for and like what that means and like the complacency behind it, you know, like, you know, I don't think I I haven't been in a, in a, in a rags to riches moment, uh, Fortunately, unfortunately, but you know, it's just something that like posits a lot of questions with you. And I think there are a lot of like viable questions that I'm not sure people don't think about when, when you come to this movie, but like, they're like in your brain and this movie's kind of like, again, it's like, sorry to bother you. It's just like, sorry, I'm going to make you think about kind of all the shit that's yeah. in the back of your head. I'm going to kind of force you to think about you it. You can choose to create. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It kind of, or ass- we could destroy. <laughs> yeah. It kind of assaults you with all that stuff. I mean, like yes. at its core, it's an absurdist comedy and it is, it is the, an absurdist comedy and like you said Bernadette the way that you don't really see ever at all like mm-hmm. it's it it is not to mention that it has a twist that's just like you know it, it if you can go into this movie without oh, knowing goodness. anything about what's going on it's that's the best way to do it because I guarantee you you will not see this twist coming even though the movie is telling you about it the entire time read nothing yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah read <laughs> yeah honestly nothing. this is coming out in uh, January of 2019. I, I can't imagine if you have if you know nothing about this. Don't stop what you're doing it. right now and go, go watch it before it's spoiled for it right you. Away. Don't look anything up. We're doing a pretty good well, job. But but also at the same time, I think it kind of a little bit in a lot of circles flew under the radar. A little right, bit. it really did. I, I would yeah. definitely yeah. believe somebody not even having heard of this movie. Yeah, right. Um, that's and that's you're not necessarily going to glean anything from the trailer. 
of what we're talking about. No, the trailers right are totally. And the trailer's cool. pretty good. Too. Yeah, that's a trailer's good trailer. Pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but it 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 is like I mean I know I'm not the only fan of Tim and Eric and that kind of yeah. style sure. of humor in yeah. this room. Um, but it company. is very much like. Yeah, and if you did see the billion dollar movie, like <laughs> when Tim and Eric do it, it's like kind of unwatchable i mean i love it but it's not really a movie made for watching this is like actually a good movie with that still that same absurdist style of Mm -hmm. humor that i deeply love and army hammer and army hammer you mentioned army hammer yeah he's so good he's so good good. Mm -hmm. did you know that boots riley i because i've been editing together the video for best of 2018 and in it like i'm using interviews and stuff like that where they cut away because we're not using audio so i can get like hd versions and in one of them boots riley talks about like i told army hammer that every time he's talking to lakeith stanfield when he's talking to him and explaining all these things every time there's an end of a sentence look at a different part of lakeith stanfield's body and imagine how he would kill you with it Whoa. And then say the next line. <laughs> and and I was like, what? And then it shows a scene of Army Hammer in the movie talking to him. And you see he just like looks down real quick and gets like this kind of almost smirk or like, mm, like kind of pleasure. Like, like and then that. says the next line and he keeps doing it. And you're like, yo, what the fuck? That's a good director. Like that's a really interesting way to get that type of performance out of such a good actor. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Another another guy I want to see more movies come from him. Totally. And now, you know, oh, yeah. I didn't really know much about Bruce Riley before the before the film. So now I'm like, I'm glad that he's like one of the guys I follow all the time. I like his political opinions. Even though sometimes I make him real sad. Mm-hmm. He <laughs> has some things to say about Venezuela right now. Oh, Let fuck me yeah. tell oh, you. Oh, fuck yeah, he does. He is tearing people down mm-hmm. on social media. Um, did anybody else have anything, anything else to say about Sorry to Bother You before we move on? I was just going to say one last thing. Uh, Since we are starting to open Story Screen, the actual movie theater, I'm so excited to be a part of that working team. But I lost my job earlier this year because I fought for better pay in the workplace and better working conditions. And I kind of went to bat and I lost it. But I think this movie, Sorry to Bother You, really tells you, like, if you see someone in your workplace who's being mistreated, you need to stand up for them. Yeah. And I felt like I saw this movie after I had lost my job. And I was like, it made me feel better about the choice that I made. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important to have a very solid working community. And I'm very pumped to be a part of Story Screen. Aww. So. Aww. This movie <laughs> definitely makes you think about like what's important enough for you to stand up for it. Because you see mm-hmm. like Keith Stanfield's character in the beginning kind of just like, I'm not <laughs> right. gonna, and then eventually get to a point where he's like, I need to do something, you know, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Realizing when you become part of the problem and how you can be the solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Burn, your, your write-up of Sorry to Bother You on your list is just like, it really gets to those mo- moments of like what makes it so interesting as a movie because it's just, you you watch Cassius's, you see his story go and you're like, this is my protagonist. I'm throwing my feelings on him. And then you start realizing like, oh, have I been maybe not right about this in the same way that he's not right about this? And then you're kind of like, no, don't do that. And then it just keeps going. <laughs> yeah. And then you, you really hope. And that gets to the later end of the movie. But that, yeah, it nailed it. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> um, so moving on, we go over to Diana. Ooh. What movie did you want to talk about next? Um, I wanted to talk about another movie that I feel did not get the Oscar love that I wanted it to. Preacher Girl. 
Yeah, which is uh, Damien Chazelle's follow-up to La La Land. It's First Man. I feel like mm. it's a little bit more along the lines of Whiplash in the how stressful I found it, <laughs> um, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think that's the point. Um, it did get nominated for both sound editing and sound mixing, which I think is important because it all does of those us, things very well. Yeah, all those of us things are amazing. commented on the sound after we had seen the movie, mm. and you know it helps create the feeling and the stress. And I think the two uh, leads, Claire Foy and Ryan Gosling, are awesome. Um, Gosling is so understated as Armstrong, and maybe that's to his detriment that people think it's not as good a performance. But it's really I've just I've heard awesome. that that's what Neil Armstrong is like. Yeah, like, that's what I've heard. Like he's misery, like a, misery, misery. misery. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. I'll save him that one. Oh boy. Okay, but this has a, a like an amazing cast. Like everybody's in this movie. The cast is huge, and yeah. everyone is good. Everyone's yeah. good. This movie is yeah. fucking great. Yeah. All right, like let's just like throw it's the good list the table real quick. It's, it's also a technical it's achievement, and that's probably why it only yeah. got like the technical awards. Well, it's also beautifully yeah, shot. It definitely has that grainy look, like it could be in the sixties. Everything's um, done so deliberately, from like the sound editing, the style. I think the direction, yeah, all like, the camera work, whether it's an action scene in space or if it's just on the ground, right? Yeah, like it's all deliberate. Yeah, like everything in the movie is reserved when it needs to be, especially like Gosling's performance, yeah. which like that's his mo. Like he is very good at being this reserved character until he either needs to break out into song or like yeah. bash a motherfucker's head in an elevator. Do you like think I went out back into the backyard by myself because I wanted to talk to oh people right God. now? Like that whole sequence is Love so it. good. I it's so thought good. about that line yeah. for weeks. <laughs> it's so good. I thought about that line when I was at work sometimes and people like I'd, yeah. I'd be working and have my headphones in and people would like start talking to me and just be like, no, do you really think yeah, no. It's, it's a multi-layered line, too, because I've heard you guys talk about that, too. Yeah. And it's like, it's a multi-layered where you're like, yeah, he went out there because he wants to be alone. But he's also being a dick because this guy is just like, hey, are you all right? Yeah. He's yeah. not trying to get anything from him. He's genuinely concerned. Yeah. And Neil Armstrong is just such a complex misery character where it's yeah, just but- like, look, dude, I get what you're doing. Just Go. Yeah, Go. but I think that this also helped um, as, as as sort of a biopic, like um, explain a little bit some of the motivations for why he was the way he was, mm-hmm. which I never would have realized without having done more reading, and I probably wouldn't have. Um, just having like this complex dealing with grief, yes. he lost a child, not and and being a man in the '60s, and then also just like us witnessing how many fucking people died. The in the cast. training of yeah. this process mm-hmm. to get to the moon like before they even got into outer space just how many people died on the on the way yeah so yeah and it's like the, got, uh, being a man in yeah. that time and grieving and having to present this stoicism is mirrored with Claire Foy as his wife. Who, and Claire like, Foy I've is seen people, very stoic. I've seen people say like she's got nothing to do in the movie, and I'm just like, no way. I don't know Are you I kidding? Movies. No, she's amazing. Because her whole thing wrong. is that she wants to support him and get his back, and she's also grieving, and she can't show that as well. It's these two characters, yeah. these two people that can't show grief over like one of the most devastating things that could happen right. to a couple, to parents. Well, it's also and they're like- trying to help. Each- she's trying to help him out, but he's giving her nothing because he's just. 
closing himself off. He's, it's kind of he's that idea, out. too, where a lot of people throw themselves into their work when they right. don't want to He's gone out to the backyard emotions. for a reason, and it's not yeah. to talk to everybody at the party. He's he's going to work every day for extra hours and overtime and going to far-off cities to like fit it, figure all this stuff out. Yeah. He's trying to go to the moon of all places. It's like the furthest place you could get away from where his wife is. Like it's, yeah. it's not subtle in its metaphor, but it's like these are all really interesting things to think about in a movie that's about the moon landing. It's way more interesting than just how we get to the moon. And that's yeah. the thing that surprised me so much going into this movie is I guess I didn't have much expectations going into this because it is a biopic about Neil Armstrong and the and the moon landing. Right. And what really hit me was how human this movie actually yeah, is. Really. Because it's not about getting to the moon. And yeah. it actually, it kind of like there was a discussion around this movie when it came out. You heard some people talking about how like not patriotic it is and not like – not about that rah rah patriotism. No. Of That's part of the, the moon, reason I liked it so much. Which is why, why I like that. Why we all liked it. Yes, so much. absolutely. Because it is more about the person and the people that are involved. Yeah, in it's that. the human condition. It doesn't have to be the American condition. And also yeah. the human toll. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and the movie is is looking at that as well, and and thinking about that is is what kind of. You know, what makes a person do something like this, right. but also what does it take away from a person? And how does that not only affect the person that's doing it, but all the people around him that care about that right. as well? And that's yeah. Claire Foy. I mean, that's what Claire Foy the is. The rah-rah patriotism around the actual moon landing when it happened too was bogus bullshit. Yes. Like that was them just trying to pretend like it's a stunt to like try and raise – nationalism not in the we're bad flexing. sense yeah they're just like yeah it's like and people were calling it out for that back then too they're just and the like, movie is a cognizant need to too. get to the moon everybody I, people are dying all over the planet what right, are you doing i also liked the fact that in this movie it didn't just show footage of it being seen in america it showed footage of it world. being seen yeah. around the world because like it's a big moment exactly yeah. it's a big moment for humanity it's yeah. not just america one so. giant leap exactly yeah so, uh, Burn, did you see? First no, one? and I only I only point is, you out just because la, we're the La La Land sisters. We, they, uh, they I think it's worth moon. checking out. <laughs> I, gar- I guarantee they get to yeah, the moon. Yeah, I want to see it. I mean, if 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 Whiplash caused you any anxiety, which it did for me, this will also cause you some stress. Well, Whiplash right. is a thriller. That's, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is probably way also more of a thriller, thriller than a biopic. This is a for sure different type of thriller, though. Yeah, absolutely. It's good. It's really worth. Definitely on my should, list. You should try and watch that as yeah. soon as you can. Think about it, hero. It's it's a it's a it's a thriller that really really works because the human condition on the ground is so powerful and so mm-hmm. impactful. Yeah. And then when they go into space and there are actually scenes in space, it makes gravity look like the fucking teacups. Like, yeah. like when gravity came out, everybody's like, whoa, what a roller coaster ride. <laughs> yeah. But no, this is like, these are people in tin cans with rockets on them, yep. launching themselves into space. Mm-hmm. And when they're in the spacecraft. And trying the not space to pass craft, out. When they're, yeah, exactly. When they're <laughs> in the spacecraft. And that's why we talk about the sound mixing and the sound editing as, as well is you can hear every single nut and bolt yeah, inside yeah. that thing it's rattles. It's so like, terrifying. Going up to space now in 2019 is scary enough. Think about going up to space before Mountain Dew was invented. Like, that <laughs> shit is like, what? You guys that's, do not need to sell me. Think about it, hero. It is. It's uh, well, now you're, you're our audience surrogate now. <laughs> yeah, now we all have to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think also just like, I don't know, just making Neil Armstrong like, I I think you always knew he was integral to the moon landing, but like really seeing how it's like, no, 
Literally, no one could have done it but yeah, him. He made Literally, it no one. He is a fucking hero. Oh, but also he had a huge team as well. Yeah, like, yeah. That's, team. that's the supporting cast, and the supporting cast also is true. fantastic. But like, I think with him kind of spearheading yeah. it and, and focusing the body everybody but him, him gave <laughs> one yeah. fucks too many. I love, I love Corey Stoll as Buzz being such a dick. Oh, he's he's a, you <laughs> a video of ball of real Buzz Aldrin punching a dude in the face. He's a dick. Well, no, this no Buzz Aldrin punches this guy in the face because this guy comes up on the street and he. Just like yeah. you're a you're a, a, a whatever you a piece of shit. He's a flat earther. That He's guy. a flat earther. Yeah. So Buzz Aldrin's <laughs> just like, hey, get out of my face. And the guy's like, well, and then Buzz Aldrin punches him in the fucking mouth, Woo! and it's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that guy like risked his life to progress humanity. Yeah, he had friends die to you progress humanity. And dickhead, yeah. fucking flat or punch your local flat earther. Or today. he's a liar and he's a good actor. <laughs> Either Not way, you should be commended. It's possible. Yeah, I mean, who never knows? Oh, I am Only not, he knows, I guess. I'm not a moon landing denier, but I do have some friends who have very strong feelings about the moon landing, mm. and so I like to pretend I'm one, <laughs> just to rile them up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've had some good conversations. Uh, that sounds, sounds like fun. fun. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not saying that Stanley Kubrick uh, faked the moon landing, but <laughs> if it was faked, he definitely directed it, because yes. it looks pretty good. It looks so, pretty good. Uh, anybody else on First Man before we move on? It's fucking good. It got robbed. It's a damn good movie. We're gonna I talk, we're gonna it really is one of the most later. underrated movies of the year. Gasly and Foy should have gotten nominated, man. Yes. At least Claire it's Foy should have gotten nominated. It's a packed nominated. year. And it's like, you know, if Tony Collette's not going to get nominated for Best Actress, I'm not going to shed any tears for Claire Foy. I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah, but I think she would have more likely gotten nominated than Tony Collette because... Right. Horror frequently gets snubbed, but this type of movie seems well, like it. Remember, we be were talking Oscars. about like when it was going to be yeah. Glenn Close for The Wife and Lady Gaga for A Star Is Born and Tony Collette for Hereditary and Claire Foy for First Man. We were like, who am I going to want to win? Like, right now yeah. we know Olivia Coleman. And now we know <laughs> Olivia <laughs> Coleman. Yeah. 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 for sure. There are a couple. You know, there, we'll talk about this on the Oscars. There's yes. a couple movies in the Best Picture category that could just the be the old like, Jack Flick. The yeah. old Jack Flick. Get, 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 get those guys out of here. Absolutely. Right into space. They're at the cheap seats, and I still haven't seen them. See you later, popcorn <laughs> jelly bean. Never mm-hmm. wanted you anyway. Vomit flavor. Yeah. Think about it, hero. We're misfits. Uh, so Rest then, the band of misfits all coming together to be a band. To be a band. <laughs> all right, we got to see it though, so we can really talk about it. You really and complain about it. it Serious. But I will. Okay. Um, all right. So moving on. Moving on. Uh, I wanted to talk about um, a little movie that uh, you may have heard of uh, called Roma mm-hmm. by uh, Alfonso Cuarón. Uh, the director of Gravity and Children of Men and Yitu Mama Tambien. And Harry Potter and the Prisoner of And Harry of Potter Azkaban. and the Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> Hell yeah. Is, can I get the, Spani- can I get the Spanish version of that? Oh. You probably can, eventually. <laughs> uh, Roma uh, <laughs> is phenomenal, and I know that we are probably going to talk at length about this, too, during the Oscars, because it is, it is up for some of the major awards. I just did not feel right doing a Best of 2018 without putting Roma on there. It Agreed. was my second favorite movie of the year. Easily could have been my first, depending on my mood. You know, I, I give it to Thunder Road, because Thunder Road was made for $200,000, for fuck's <laughs> sake. <laughs> Um, we're talking about favorites versus best. Yeah, and so. this is Roma. But this, is, this is still kind of a, a dark horse because it's a Netflix. It's shot in Mexico. Yeah. Well, this is Netflix is really, and this is like a conversation definitely for the Oscars yeah. because it is it's pretty awesome. Netflix is right. getting to a point now where they understand what they're doing, and they're like, 
you don't just get somebody who's making a movie that looks interesting. You get some. You get the guy who just like swept the Oscars a couple years ago mm-hmm. and has not done anything. Mm. And then you go, "What's that one movie you've been talking about making for like ten years that nobody will finance?" And he's here's like, all the money. Here's all the money. Go make it and do whatever you want with it. No oversight at all. And then we're going to release it completely for free. And like, I will say this right now, the second that the Netflix deal that we're trying to work out with the theater comes to fruition, we will be showing Roma on the big screen because I want to see that on the biggest screen mm. possible because yeah. because it is... It's beautiful. It is a beautiful... That's the perfect yeah. word I for it. Like, it's think, just a beautiful yeah. movie. I think Roma is the best movie of the year. Yes. Yeah. I don't, I don't really know how you can kind of dice it. I just like, you know, it wasn't on my top 10 list because those are my favorite movies of the year. Roma did not communicate to me as much as some other movies. But if we're trying to like be cold, hard analysts pound and talk about what the best movie of the year is, yes. I think Roma is the single best movie of the year. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> I originally thought when you said like, oh, it didn't connect with me correctly. And it's like, Jack has said the same thing about some other movies that I felt very strongly about. Well. And I was just like, Jack and Robert, you slime. You Who slime. takes pictures of Spider-Man? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was I was just like, God, I just want to argue against you so bad. But it's also like, these were movies like First Reformed, Annihilation, Roma. Mm-hmm. These were movies that are very, they keep you at an arm's length for different reasons, each of them. But there is that pushback that the film is doing to create the tension that they're trying to do for their specific genre. And they are all made, like Paul Schrader, Alex Garland, Alfonso Cuaron, these are all made by masters who know what they're doing when they're directing. And uh, they also all wrote them as well. So they're writer, director, Mm -hmm. masters. And it's, I can't knock you for it because, and I really do think like with something like Annihilation and Roma, a second rewatch will maybe connect more. But with Roma, it really is hard to argue the technical achievements like on just like an artistry and filmmaking prowess it's just like unbelievable it's like thematically the tightest movie i've ever seen it's insane. there's like literally not a wasted frame or like talking point as someone who like you know has been trying to be a screenwriter for a long time i went to school for it like i don't think i've ever seen so much like spoken dialogue that like it like ties so intrinsically to the central theme like so well it's like no, every line that is said is there for a fucking reason. There's like no wasted time. The movie's long as fuck. It's long as fuck. And it, it goes across a long period of time too. Yeah. And it goes to different sets. And where well, all of a sudden you're like, oh, now we're over here. What's yeah. going to happen there? It, in There's that the, way though, the it's, it's kind of like, it kind of ties itself to things like hundred years of solitude. Like it's sort of like a, a like an a overarching story, but then still focusing on this one family. Using them as like the thematic viewpoint for all of these ideals and ideas of a culture. I also liked that not knowing much about it going into it, that, you know, all of a sudden you're very abruptly faced with actual historic events that are terrifying. And then you're seeing them from these standpoints of Cleo, who's the nanny housekeeper person for the family, and you're seeing it through her, you know, as a bystander. She's not directly in it. She's kind of on the periphery, but it is all of a sudden like really shocking and pulls mm-hmm. you in. And it's kind of it's it's like Forrest Gump almost. I in was that just way gonna say yeah, Forrest Gump. She's just <laughs> kind of going through these movements in this like very isolated year yeah. in Mexico. Except well, it's good. <laughs> 
Forrest Gump, Gump is, is fine. fine. Except it's, it's a good movie. It's believable. It's just... Yeah, it's believable. Forrest and, Gump is not believable. And it's but also, so good. I think, good movie. the things that I've, <laughs> I've read about... I'm right, I'm right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> the things I've read about Alfonso Cuaron, too, is that he kind of like wanted to comment on the fact that like he was a kid and he was in a middle class family. And so you mm-hmm. are kind of quasi sheltered, protected by those things. You're protected by your parents when you're a child. You're protected by some semblance of wealth when it gets to issues with poverty or things in politics. And it's kind of like these things happening around you and you kind of sort of being aware of it. And then all of a sudden it like shit hits the fan and it's like in yeah. your face and you're like, oh, God, OK, I haven't thought about this before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I liked it because it was very real. Yeah. But then halfway during the movie, there's a scene that takes place that kind of seems like it's almost out of place of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get too into it. A little bit of magical realism in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's when it became like my mid-90s. I had like pretty much compiled my list and I was like, yeah. all right, well, <laughs> let me do this again. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it just stuck with me in a very real yeah. way. Because, yeah, you almost, like, don't want to say... Because, like, quirky movies really speak to me, and this movie is not quirky. No. And when it spoke to me in such, like, an innocent, pure way, I was like, there's no way I can't commend it. It's, like, perfect. Like, it's got to be on there. Either your cats are wilding out, or there's an intruder upstairs. I'm not sure. wilding out. And it might just be cat, because the kitten just, like, goes crazy on her own. She just is like, and runs around, and runs back and forth. I don't know if we've done it on any podcast yet that me and Diana have. This is loud, though. She's, She's like, pretty loud up there. She's great. Because otherwise, maybe all your stuff up there is just gone. I'm not sure. Like, somebody just took all that stuff Not Person Jack. Cat Jack is probably just huddled by the heater for warmth and wants to take a nap. Behind you, oh, there he, he is. came down. You know what? He came yeah, down out. here. Fuck that shit. He came down here to escape her. She's probably just running back and forth up there. Fair. Um, Adorable. Before we move on from Roma, because I know we're going to talk about it more on our Oscars, so we can. Yeah. I think we've all kind of chimed in a bit there. I do want to say that it's like it's Alfonso Cuaron is one of the most interesting and talented directors just out there, and I know it, it kind of like it's it's like saying Steven Spielberg is a great director. I know, but it's also I feel like it. When he makes movies, this is a guy that made Gravity, removing all other movies. Like, this is a guy that made Gravity, that made the 3D Atmos spectacle, 3D spectacle yeah. that swept the Academy Awards yeah. and stole, like, the stole the Oscar from, like, Lincoln and all this shit. All right, yeah. Beat out Steven Spielberg. I like, also just think of Children of Men. It's very mm-hmm. different. But also Children of Men. And it's like these, he can make a movie like like gravity and he can make a popular movie like prisoner of azkaban but then he can take movies that are just so in like just pushed into the human soul and mm-hmm. he can realize what something like children of men or even something earlier like Yitu mama tambien and especially roma he realizes like it's the heart first we attack his heart oh my god <laughs> And when you attack the heart, you're fired. You can immediately <laughs> rise up from that. But you get what I mean. And yeah. what I, the point that I'm making is that you can create this this connection between 32 year old white male Mike Burge and this character in Roma, back in this time, in this age, in a place I've never been to, and I can I can feel everything that she's feeling, and I, I feel like I know everything that she's thinking, and this is all done through directing tactics because she's there is no inner monologue. She barely has any lines, and so when bad things happen to her, you're like, no. 
And that's because he attacked yeah. the heart. Yeah, thank goodness she yeah. got nominated. Yeah. Really, right? I'm, uh, I'm Oof, very in this movie's corner. For yeah, she's time. a school teacher. I mean, honestly, she might be it's the one that awesome. took it from Tony. Just saying. Could be. Mm, and I'm not upset about it. Yeah, could be. Get it. Could be. I think we awesome. can all agree. Just give, <laughs> give best picture to Roma. And what's the uh, what's because yeah, she got uh, best supporting actress too. The mom. The mom yeah. got best supporting, got best supporting yes. actress too. And uh, did, I gotta double check her name because I cannot uh, remember. It's like uh, Marvina. Hold on. I was thinking like more of like um, Sophia or something. Yeah, I kind of felt like it is okay. So Cleo's Yalitza Aparicio, mm-hmm. and then so. Sophia is Marina oh, de Tavira. The name in the film, yeah, yeah. We can't move on without saying how unbelievably beautiful this movie is to look at. Yeah, I've, I've just I've from heard the opening it. scene. These it are really not is. not my words. So I'm not taking credit for it. But every frame of this movie, every scene of this movie is a fresco. Like this, it's just a, a the slow sweeping camera um, uh, against the scene, and there's so much detail and texture mm-hmm. and richness in every single one of the scenes. And the, you would think the monochromatic color palette that this movie is using would take something away from the richness of it, but it yeah. only enhances and amplifies it. It is – it's a looker. Like mm-hmm. you said, Mike, I can't wait to see this on a big screen. I mean I've I got a pretty big screen. <laughs> yeah. And it looked pretty good, but I would like to go bigger. For sure. Go bigger, go home. Yeah, I think kind of for, you know, the reasons why I think, Bird, you felt like you connected with the main character and that's why you liked it so much. You know, I didn't necessarily connect to the character, which is why I liked it so much because I was just like, this is a culture and an experience that I am not, you know, too inundated in or fully understand. So it's very refreshing and very interesting to like see this movie kind of take me along with it totally, and kind of yeah. show me something that I, I have not seen before and a culture that I have not experienced and like kind of intimately share it with me. That's that's like kind of what connected me it's with the a, movie. It's a banger as we call yeah. it. Yeah. The yeah. movie movies, the movie fucks, it bangs. It bangs. It's great. It's good. Slaps. All the slaps. Does all of them. Does <laughs> Again. The it's supposed to do. Fox, slaps, fox, all the sounds. Movies. Uh, all right, and so uh, finally, we are going to move on to our final oh, yeah. movie of the night. Uh, oh, yeah. Jack, I'm going to turn it on over to you as I go and grab myself a beer for this final conversation, real Oof. quick. Uh, oh, Jack, what's the? Did, you can't you... walk away from this conversation again. Oh no, I'm right here, baby. Okay, oh, you're just going over I'm going there. Right there. there. <laughs> okay. Right. Where'd you think I was going? You could get Jack to pass I just have abandonment close. issues because the last when we saw this movie, you wouldn't come talk to me. Oh, don't <laughs> stop. All right. What's the movie we're talking about? The movie is Mandy. Woo! Mandy is my number one favorite movie of the year. It's my number one didn't favorite. Didn't see it coming. Just, I didn't see it coming. It's my favorite theater experience I had this year. We went to go see Mandy in Poughkeepsie the one and only night that they were showing it at Poughkeepsie. Oh, yeah. It was also the night of the, like, I think opening across the, the U.S. Yeah. Uh, because they were also live streaming a Q&A with the director 
that was hosted by Kevin uh, by Kevin Smith. I actually wanted Dang. to watch that, but we had to. I know, but we. I was too <laughs> hot to talk no, about that movie. I I too hot to see. I was like, I'm sorry, Kevin Smith. I cannot deal with your giant fucking pants right now. I gotta go talk about this movie. <laughs> they're big. Oh, can't they're do big, it. They're large they're shorts. They're even they're big shorts. Now. They're large shorts. They're jean denims. shorts now. <laughs> they're, oh. they're even bigger now that you're skinny. So I just can't. I can't look at that. They're I gotta. Like I gotta go. It's he had heart surgery. It's he did. I'm glad he's. I'm better. I'm he glad he great. lost he all that good. weight. I'm really happy for him. He I needs, couldn't. I couldn't deal with him in the moment. He's queer eye. <laughs> Maybe. I, I remember. He needs we, a French tuck. We all went to go see it because Tim Irwin, <laughs> the Tim lovely Irwin Tim Irwin, yes. longtime listener, probably listening right now. Hi Tim. Hi Tim. Hey, Tim. Oh, yeah. Thank Aww. you. He came down uh, from Albany. Yes. All the way. Which is not a short ride to yep. see the movie with us. And well, actually, he what came was I doing that I was such like a little? You were very tired. Oh, this was the horror show. This was right before the horror show, and yeah. I was losing my mind, yes. and I needed my staycation. Yes. This was because I snapped at you. You did a little bit. Because I wanted like, you to come. Please come. And I was like, Jack, when I tell you that I need to do something, it means I need to do it, and then we will see how a hero is rewarded. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was waiting for it. Thank you. <laughs> so Mandy, okay. So Mandy, choose. They're not into it. Have to. Uh, Out am I? I have to <laughs> preface this whole thing by again saying that when we went to go see Mandy, I hadn't even seen the trailer. I know that the really? trailer was really big. Tra- uh, oh, trailer's good. Yes. No, I avoided it. I the trailer avoided was the trailer. Big. I somehow, but I heard you guys talking about the trailer the and how it's really good. cool. But I missed the whole thing. Be- I don't know why. I think by the time. Uh, I like got around to maybe watching the trailer. I was like, actually, maybe I'll just go see it. Yeah. So we caught it in theaters, and it is such a special, unique thing <laughs> that came out of nowhere. And I talked before a little bit um, when I brought up Hereditary about the hypnosis and trance. And yeah. Mandy is the kind of movie that at the same time you can watch it and be like, was I supposed to be on drugs for this movie? <laughs> but I had also, that thought early on. But also, like... The answer is kind of no, because the movie, the movie will give you that sort of feeling, that sort of experience on its own. And you don't mm-hmm. need any sort of external influence Drug, to get Drugs that are way. optional. Yeah. Optional. You know, I and, and I, you know, was completely sober the first time I saw it, but I found myself sinking into the this trance that... Uh, um, Panos Cosmos, am I not... I'm That's close. That, I think, That's good. right? Um... <laughs> kind of like lulls you into and the way this movie is divided up into acts and really really kind of just two halves mm-hmm. um more than anything else it 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 lulls you into that trance with a a very kind of quiet intimate slow but very you know ambient lighting oh, and man, the music, music and the, so the score by Johan Johansson score is, is so good it's just it just kind of like heartbreaking. it takes you by the hand and it just it lulls you in and it kind of has this this magic to it that's very dreamlike and then it's also and then it also snaps on you kind of just like hereditary and the second half of this movie is just a bad trip it's a metal fucking nightmare yeah it it's just amazing it just rips, you, <laughs> rips you out of that trance yes. and throws you into this bad trip. Oh, i think it puts you in the trance like i in my write-up for my top 10 mandy's also my movie of the year and the young jeremy called jetski yes three, um, three the young, yes. All. it might have been up there for me as well yeah. you saw you saw it. polls closed i saw right? polls were closed yeah but uh in my write-up for mandy i kind of discussed what you were bringing up with the red and bring up now the idea of like 
inundation and kind of just like Mandy is at its best when you like put all your walls down and get that crazy look that Nick Cage gets in his eye and you just you just do it. You just go along with him. It's really mm-hmm. a movie made for seeing in a theater. And I'm so happy that the first time we saw it, we were in a theater, in a theater and we it. were able to be the completely surrounded. It was, cool. it was also cool, yeah. but like seeing it in, you know, having the walls close around you and just yeah. really being able to focus on it and let it wash over you was, mm-hmm. was an experience. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, seeing that movie on the biggest screen possible is um, how you do it. Yeah. Yep. A few years back, there was a Jared and Jerusha Hess movie called Gentleman Broncos, mm. which is also kind of deals with like that like 80s sci-fi kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. And either you buy into it or you don't buy into it. Right. It's cool if you don't. I watched this with my husband and Heath was kind of like, this is kind of mediocre at best. And I'm like, you're not buying into it. And that's mm. cool. Yeah. But if you're not going to buy into it. Then you're you're done. It's a yeah. spell, like, really. It's yeah. it's either the if, spell if works on you or the not. Movie, then you know. Right. But I think that's that's like all movies. Yes. You know, I know I know people who tried to tell me that the Babadook wasn't good because it's not scary. Conversation for another stupid. day. Stupid. Mm-hmm. Stupid. Yeah. But it's the thing. It's like you know, I'm not. I don't think we as people who do story screen stuff are being like, hey, swallow the fucking pill and get mad into this movie. <laughs> But it's kind of just like, why the fuck you even go into the movies if you can't just put your guard down? You know, right. like what are you even that, going that's there a good, for? Right. That's a good point. Like, like what Jack was talking about. It, there really is like this kind of like wanting to be smarter than the movie, and we've talked about this a lot at length. Where it's, it's kind of hard to like call people out on this, where because you're kind of doing the same thing that they're doing, where it's like thinking that you're better than a part of the conversation when nothing ever is, and you should just be a part of it. It's like going into a movie and just thinking like, this is dumb. I knew what was going to happen. It's like, just why you why you go see it then if you knew what was going to happen? Like, you wouldn't have gone to go see it. And I'm know. I'm totally guilty of doing that same thing as well. You know, I, I the, sure and I talked about this yeah. uh, kind of in my own personal list where I, I, I built up some expectations for movies that I went into very much expecting yeah. to be super my thing. Yeah, but yours is those, completely different than what I was thinking. A little bit. Because yeah, yeah, it's kind of a similar. It's nice that you're making the connection, but you're really mature about it where you're like, I think I fucked up. I just built this stuff up in my head and well, you're it's different growing when you have expectations that. versus. Yeah. Just Getting not there. even trying to be open to it. Yeah, well, you're, I can also you're see growing that. from this, whereas these people are like, "This is what makes me so good at watching movies." Oh, I just, I, I knew it. It's a bad movie. But I've, I've also seen that happen with Mandy specifically, where people mm-hmm. are hearing because the, the kind of conversation around Mandy, especially like in sort of our own personal circles, is very much all about this movie. We, hot we all are mm-hmm. very hot on this movie, and I've seen the reaction from some people saying like. Well, I, I heard all this like amazing stuff about it, and then I saw it and like uh, I don't know, it just didn't like they bounce off it, which is I mean, you know, like, it's, you know it's it has a barrier probably to the, entry. The plot is very like loose. It's yeah. not a very like it's not a very like plot driven movie, or maybe it's like not a very like action to action scene yeah. by scene movie. It's, it's very much it's, like it's not a open. typically structured movie. No, absolutely not. It's also the kind of thing where you can sit down and listen to like an ambient record like Explosions in the Sky or something. Yeah. And you can either be like, wow, I'm really right. like, mystified by this or you're like, what is this like noise? I don't right. know. Yeah. Like somebody it. like listening to something like that. It's a perfect. Exi- that's a perfect. That's a very, it's that's like, a very somebody good listening to that is like, well, what's the whole point? It's like, I went there for music. There's not even any words. It, w- it would be like somebody seeing Manny. It's like, I don't get it. Nick Cage is barely in the first hour. Right. It's right. like you're not getting yeah. what this movie was about. And, you know, had you not been so selfish, the death would have been 
quick and painless. Yeah. I mean, but now that you really pissed me off, I think we should. I'm gonna finish her nice and slow. I th- so hate much. you so much. Yeah. I think we now you hate me. And now I out. Even am Robbie's, I? Robbie's you turn the now. Kitten. I'm into oh. it. But I think we should. I think sometimes we get stuck in this trap, and I know it too. Like the Last Jedi, like murky waters of where we talk about why people don't like the movie. But maybe sure. we should. We should pivot back to like why we <laughs> sure. fucking like the yeah. movie so much. Sorry, I started like, yeah. this off. No, no, no. But I think no. I think that was a very good conversation to have, well, and it's a really good point to bring up where it isn't for everyone. Right. But when it's when it really strikes with you, it makes it one of the best movies of the year. I, it's, that's it's the thing, one of those things. Know? Yeah. If yeah. it if it lands for you, it's, it's probably so going to be good. up there for yeah. you. It was yeah. the most fun I think I had watching a movie in 2018. It's and pure, that top, Sorry to Bother You. Like, it was yes. so much fun. Well, sorry to Bother I You wish we had and Mandy <laughs> are both, like, <laughs> in charge of bringing Purple and Pink back this year. Oh, yeah. Big yes. time. Thank Big you. Time. Thank you, guys. <laughs> I, which, I really love the meme that's been going around of Blade Runner 2049. Oh, yeah, I think they call it, like, bisexual lighting. And, then, and I yeah, love and it. And then, like, you know, you see the, like, it's Kirby or something like the that. Taco Bell. I saw the Taco Bell light one the other day. I think I posted that. That was funny. I don't know about this. This sounds great. You should check you guys out, show uh, this to me after the podcast. Twitter.com. Twitter.com? Twitter.com. Is that where the yeah. clutch kids go? Yeah. I don't go on that so There's much. some pretty clutch memes on there. Let me I don't you. tweet a lot, but I have a good I have a good feed. Yeah, yes, Twitter's a pretty nasty place. <laughs> it's not good. It's totally brain rotting the entirety of America. But <laughs> it's not there are some good goofs on there from time to time. I mean there's some consistent good goofs. But uh yeah, the movie like it's just the way that it's like so ambiguous, but you really just fucking get what it's trying to do the whole time mm-hmm. and like you might have a lot of questions to watch. Like, who are these weird BDSM biker boys? Right. <laughs> what is this? But at the same time, like, if you get inundated, I had a lot of questions when I saw those questions. You have to be like, they're supposed to be there. Exactly. Right. You have and to they don't necessarily need to be You just had to ride it out. Yes. yes. I think you're supposed to be confused as Nicolas Cage is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and enjoy it. But it's also very it. beautiful. It's it's and such a fucking joy so, yeah. to watch. It's everybody, so cool. Everybody. Johan. Man, the music we, is should so we good. Out beers and cheers, table? cheers yeah. to Johan Johansson's cheers. last cheers. score, and and it one of his best. I it's don't amazing. Don't cheers it because it's sad. Well, not, not cheers. I'm not so happy he's good. dead, but he's to, never going to make another one. And honestly, this is something that you want him to go out on because that guy. Is so totally. good. He did a lot of like small independent films as well that he mm-hmm. just kind of did on the side for experimentation and fun. He made his own. He made his own like records as well, which are really good. So. For his final yeah. score to actually be produced and released to be attached to such a breathtaking movie. I mean, it's yeah. it's uh, it's a lot of what the movie is. That's it's a lot. The it music is. It totally and the sound creates is, the mood. is a lot. Yeah. Like the movie would not be. There's a lot of movies that would not be what they are without sound. It's and, arguably and a full is, quarter of what makes the movie work so. Absolutely. I think so. If you Definitely. were to break it down yeah. the pie graph, like yes. it's a bigger chunk than most music like is important to all movies that 80s but. sci-fi sound yeah. totally which drives it and it's like more me. like you know like revenge i described having that kind of sound but like the way uh it is in mandy it's like it's just like much more like stretchy and like wispy and floaty mm. but also isn't afraid to get like grindingly metal and like coarse and hard i can't remember who i was sitting next to when we saw it but i grabbed your arm during one of yeah i grabbed your arm during uh, a very monumental scene halfway through, which you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. And the theme that, and it's Mandy's theme is the name of the song. And that comes on. And I explained it in my top list where it's like a song comes on that for me, and I hope for others, you feel like you've heard it your entire life. And this is the first time you're actually hearing it. And it really is this kind of 80s retro nostalgia 
going through an absolute master of scoring film and tone and emotion. And it's, yeah. it's insane. It's so good. It's mm-hmm. the movies on some, like it's some next little shit. And like, you know, the, the creator of the film, I don't know if I want him to make another movie like Mandy, I kind of would like to see what I his, never saw the other movie. Does he? he, he well, I haven't brought myself to watch it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, it, apparently, I haven't seen it either. I I want to watch it. Apparently, it is much more of a kind of arty concept yeah. sort of a movie okay. than like a Beyond movie movie Black like Rainbow. Mandy is. I would like yeah. to see him, you know, flex in another direction because I almost like you know it's like let Mandy be pure because because Mandy you know? really is kind of like five minutes super artsy, no. five <laughs> minutes kind of generic, five minutes super artsy, five minutes kind of generic, and it kind of flows not specifically to that time code, but he's he's just filling in these buffers with like uh, no spoilers. So like the scene where uh, the woman that's part of the cult that goes in to talk to Mandy at the storefront, yeah. mm-hmm. there's nothing artsy or hyper. Realistic, realistic or trippy about that talking. scene yeah. but there's also the scene right before that and the scene right after that are very trippy and this is before the big trippy stuff starts really happening mm-hmm. diegetically if you want to call it sure. that where yeah. our characters are taking drugs and now we're experiencing it the way they would yeah. diegetic tripping, diegetic <laughs> tripping. Uh, I, like, yeah. I like that I mean cool. in the whole movie drugs optional the whole movie like you said like there's a lot of confusing weird shit that happens and you can either like stop and be like what the hell what's what's going on here or you can just ride it out Mm -hmm. buy the ticket take the ride baby and just like if you're on a trip whether it's Mm -hmm. a good one or a bad one just ride it out and let Mm -hmm. it wash over I mean just like I don't know like the the stripping of like humanity and kind of like diving deeper and deeper and deeper into like what LSD hellscape is like out am I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just just where you get to by the end of this movie and where you start you is just is such a fucking ride. And like, you know, I just it's a descent. Not to not to bring mm-hmm. it back, but I feel bad for people who like can't enjoy a movie like this because well, it's, it's like, like yo, mm-hmm. man, I got to have a really good experience. Sorry. I'm also, really, I wish I could sorry. watch this movie for the first time every again. time. Like, yeah. if there is a movie, like think, leading up to the thing I'm trying to say. Yeah, go for <laughs> it. Go for it. <laughs> I was gonna ask because Bernadette's the one who watched it most recently. You just watched it like yesterday. I watched it today. Today, yes. Hot, ah, hot on it. Wow. We're like we're like freaking oh my God, out about this. Please talk. Yeah. Well. Similar, as much as the soundtrack goes with this movie, absolutely, hands down. Yeah. This is very similar to Annihilation when I was talking about those types of movies that you can walk oh, through totally. an art gallery yeah. and it's just playing. I would sit there and watch the whole fucking thing. Oh, yeah. But oh, it, yeah. I will say when it first started out and it's like the first scene of the movie, he's chopping down trees. Mm-hmm. That's his job. Red's job. And uh, then like instantly it goes somewhere else and Heath was like, Oh man, this dialogue's pretty bad. And I'm like, you don't get it. And I was like, this is the beginning. You don't get the movie. Look, Therefore, you don't Heath. get look, me. Look, you're I'm Heath. out of here. Heath. I've been there. Heath, I've been there. The first line of dialogue is a chips joke. <laughs> if you're not on board, buddy, go to bed. If you're not into Eric Estrada from Chips. All right, cool. That's not a spoiler, right? Like that's the first five minutes. It's It's one of the best. I remember seeing that in a theater with just like the four of us, and maybe like maybe like ten other people that happened to know about Mandy. Yeah, but not Mm -hmm. a lot. And like when that joke happened, you heard everybody. Everybody was holding their breath. Like, what is this movie? We don't know what it is. We've heard so much, and that's the first thing. And everybody was like. (laughs) <laughs> like there's kind of like a there's like a, a wisp of like I'm gonna let this movie 
take me yeah. away. <laughs> okay, okay. Movie. Okay, Let's you're go. pretty funny. All right. This movie features my second favorite goblin. <laughs> Very oh, true. No. Goblin. But I think that's now cheese. But I think that there's oh, the, another wow. like cool <laughs> facet of the movie. Yeah, I got. I brought it back. Another cool facet of the movie is just like I think you're kind of waiting the whole time to be like, am I allowed to laugh? Because I think the movie's funny now, and then you're like. Oh, the whole movie's been kind of a little funny. Yeah. And, like, you were mm-hmm. supposed to laugh at some of these weird parts. And it's not a weird tonal shift. It's just a part of this beautiful palette that the movie is. Yeah. But that mm-hmm. said, there's a scene that I think we've laughed a little bit the first time it happened in the theater. And then seeing it the second time, I was like, what was wrong with me for laughing? Because <laughs> this scene is devastating. Terrifying. Like, just... I'm not sure just... which one you're talking about. We can talk yeah, about it could off, be any of mic. them. Sure. This scene. Oh, it's still pretty funny. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't I mean, it's know. devastating. It's pretty funny. <laughs> it's devastating. It's devastating, it's devastating uh, and funny. It's both of them. I, yeah, I found it devastating. You can be the problem and the solution. Yeah, I, guess so. ah! I guess so, yeah. I mean, you can't deny the fact that, like, whitey tidy underwear is funny. funny. Uh-huh. And they made that choice. There's a reason, like, there actually is no reason in the movie that it's like that. <laughs> no, that's true. We don't know why that Also, the, the room that he's in... <laughs> Yeah, it's shot. It's shot all in one scene. Like it is. It is. It is meant to be funny, and he's playing off of Panos Cosmatos specifically. Is playing off of he knew people were going to go into this movie with the idea that Nick Cage is from Face Off and Con Air and Wicker Man. He knew that that was going to happen, and that's why he got very upset when people were, you know, uh, Cage raging. The movie that it's like, it's the most cage rage ever. And he's like, well, yeah, I did that. But that's like only, that's like half the formula. Like that's not the whole thing. And it's like, I'm presenting you with this very humorous on the surface image of Nick Cage. Mm -hmm. But with the context of what came after, what came before and what's like, what Nick Cage actually brings that performance makes you go like, oh, and like you, he's still inviting you to have fun with it, but it's also like yeah, it's pretty be dark. emotionally connected because I don't. There is like a a thing like that hap, uh, This that scene happens immediately after one of the most devastating scenes in the movie, and that scene is followed by an infamous <laughs> scene that is yeah. that is that is meant to completely just like slam the door on it does the world the universe reality doesn't care how much bad shit is happening to you it goes it on it goes on yeah. and people still got to fucking sell products and it's and then that scene is a response to that and it's mm-hmm. it's equal parts devastating and equal parts humorous yeah. and it really kind of depends on is it your it. first time watching it is it your second time what kind of mood yeah. are you in yep it's very much all it about that. It reminds me a lot of, like, John Wick in the sense of not, like, the, like, revenge angle, but, like, the idea of, I think John Wick is aware of Keanu Reeves' kind of, like, repertoire and, like, sure. who he is as an actor, and the movie kind of plays on that, whereas I think mm-hmm. Mandy does the same thing, and it's, like, you know, it's not a part of the whole formula, but it goes back to formula. Yeah. Back to formula. <laughs> yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As, he, as, as one should. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If, okay. if the formula is not working, right? Uh, Go back. Right. To it. And I, 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 I'm not exactly sure what you're referencing. Like, so, <laughs> oh um, but I, I do think that both. I think that both movies like operate on that level of like, like the meta commentary, like not like the film being meta, but just like the creators' understanding of like we're choosing to use these actors. 
we that's a certain tool set that we now have and that we can use. And I think that mm-hmm. they, they use them both. And Nick well. Cage is a producer on this movie as well as sure. an actor on it. And along so with Elijah, Elijah Wood. Wood. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Elijah, Elijah Wood. I didn't catch Elijah that. Wood he's a is very good producer. Horror motherfucker. Yeah. yeah cool. He's like, cool. He's cool. Have you guys cool. seen... Uh, oh, uh, Tiny is it, is it called Maniac? Maniac. Maniac. Yeah. It is Maniac, right? I love Maniac. The original Maniac from the 80s is great. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the Elijah Wood maniac is really fucking cool. I mm-hmm. love it's, that movie. It's really cool. It's a yeah. bad fucking time. It's a bad time. That's like one of those movies, like where it's like, oh, Rob, you like Hereditary? Doesn't seem like something you'd like. And I'm like, I love Maniac. And they're like, fucking why? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so we're we're going. Uh, any any closing I, thoughts I, on Mandy? Guys? I did want to say yeah, of before course. we close on Mandy, like we've talked about Nick Cage and his performance, but we would be remiss to not mention Andrea Riesborough mm. and her mm, performance yeah. because it's as much her movie as it's a Nick Cage movie. Absolutely. Especially mm-hmm. the first half. Like she is the rock that this movie really is 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 built on and her performance is fantastic. I know her interaction with the cult and the cult yes. leader is so good. Yes. And then Linus Roach is also very good. Linus Roach mm-hmm. is yeah. also great. But no I, I agree. Um Andrea Riseborough is so good. She had another really she, great year. She another movie up. we didn't bring up, Death of Stalin. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't see that. That's a great movie. It's very, it's very good. And she's also in a movie now. called Nancy, also with Steve Buscemi, which is one of the best performances Steve Buscemi has ever done. Super understated. Wow. He's not doing too much with it. He's just a normal dude. And you keep waiting for him to like, Buscemi it up. Buscemi, but he doesn't. He doesn't, and he just keeps it down. It's great. It's really good. I think if people have issues with the cage rage in this film, I think this is the most justified cage rage I've ever seen. Like, this time it makes the most sense. You would cage rage if you were in his shoes. Oh, absolutely. I've been thinking about face-off a lot lately since I sent Jack a face-off gift the other day. Remember he he runs his hand down, like, the kid's face? I've never seen face-off. Face-off is a really good movie. It's it's an enjoyable one. I do not There's like quotes in that yeah. sentence. I don't think we're meant to like it, somewhere. but it's I, pretty A really fun. good quote-unquote uh, movie yeah. or a really quote-unquote good <laughs> end quote movie. I think I've heard enough people quote, unquote, talk a about face-off <laughs> for enough periods of time that I get it. I just haven't <laughs> yeah. seen it. I just it's really like, cool. I haven't seen it. I feel the same way. Where it's, it's really like, cool. They, they go to a prison. like that's like They go to a prison that's like- I saw that in the theater. That that's like Alcatraz, but they have like magnetic boots, and it takes place in our reality. In oh, our yeah. time, it's not yeah, in the future. I, I, they have magnetic boots that I'm like there. they like, vroom, and they only take it off when they like give you like an injection that like makes you go stupid or something. Like it makes no sense, and he has to like ask for like a, a cigarette at one point to like try and like get out of the boots. And he oh they take John Travolta's face off of John Travolta oh, and they put it, it on Nicolas yeah. Cage and yes. vice versa. Face is off. Hence right. the okay. name of the movie because you know it's like when two, two when a here villain and a hero yep, need to on. like face off with yep. one another. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. that's where the that's where it comes from. Face off. Right. Oh, choo. <laughs> right. Choose so your face. For you listeners, if you haven't seen Mandy and you're into <laughs> you've already like, listened to too much. Yeah, you've already listened to too much. But I just love gothic storytelling. Where oh, yeah. the story becomes what someone may or may not be reading. Mm. That is my jam. Yeah, it's very much like The Shining. It's like that mode. If it's like turned you off in any way, not making you want to see it, throw that to the wind. Yeah, just you see, it. see it. Please just yeah. go see it's it. It's so good. Yeah. It's really, I mean, I think it's kind of like the, the all votes in. I can think it might be story screens like 
top movie of the year. Uh, it's looking like it's down between Hereditary, Sorry to Bother You, and The Favorite because uh, Bernadette did not see it in time. Stamper did not see it. She didn't get to see it. And Diana had it on her top 15, but not on her top 10. These are things. Sorry, Mandy. Dang it. So, but like, what if I put it, what if I took off? My last movie bumped everything up one and put, just put Mandy twice. I will say, God speeds. I will say it's the Mandy. one movie that got the most number one slots. There you it go, because it got so it get Jack, Robbie, and Jeremy's. <laughs> Maybe I, I think closing thoughts on Mandy. It feels like it was instantly one of those cult classics. Like yeah. it just yes. instant classic. I can see that. It's, it had and an energy in a moment. Like when we saw it, it was just kind of like. Yeah, I guess I was waiting for this. Shit. Yep. Fuck. Here it is. Okay. Didn't even know that this was what I wanted. But it was. Here it it is. was so easily like once I saw that movie, I still had a lot of movies to see for the remainder of the year because we saw it in like September, October. Mm-hmm. But I was just kind of like, I know, yeah. I know what this is for me. I'll say this for Mandy to make this case. I think a lot of time when I can't make a hot take for whatever reason sure. and I don't see the movie with you guys, I feel like when you see the movie in a group and together, and then you do a hot take on it afterwards. There's a lot of hype that you build up, and I'm not discounting Mandy at all. But, you know, say a movie might seem a little bit better to you or more interesting to you because you shared that experience. Right. I was kind of, like, ready to dive into Mandy and be like, you know, like, those guys shared a moment with Mandy that I'm not going to share. So it might not hit me as much. Mm -hmm. But it did. But it did. Is that good? And honestly, like like I said before, seeing it on a big screen... Oof. Changes everything. It oh, really I'm does. sure. I can't wait to see it on another one soon. Hopefully, there will be see more opportunities for such a thing. Or the side of a building changed everything. That was cool. <laughs> uh, so it's freezing, but I still enjoyed. Thank you guys again for <laughs> listening, uh, and thank you guys all again, Diana Demiro, Jack Kaljeski, Bernadette Gorman White, Robert Anderson, hey. uh, and I am your host, Mike Burge, of course. Uh, and thank you, listener, for listening. Uh, remember to go to StoryScreenBeacon.com, check out all the reviews, articles, all the top eighteen, top ten. Top 15 lists that we got going on out there. Uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram at story underscore screen underscore beacon. And you can find us at Twitter at story underscore screen at us. Get at it. Uh, make sure you also hit our store and um, Robbie. Buy a fucking t-shirt. We also have brand new blue t-shirts with white font coming Buy out very soon. Buy a fucking blue white font t-shirt. <laughs> They're going to be cool. <laughs> And uh, stay tuned. Big things are coming. Big things are coming. coming. Yeah, you know, uh, it's it's. We've been working on this for a long time. Um, Forty thousand years of evolution, and we've barely even tapped the vastness <laughs> of human potential. All right. I was so that's, happy that's you guys a, fell that into is, that. That was a deep cut. And. Um, as always, <laughs> uh, we absolutely love you, and here's to another great year of us talking about movies and you guys Yay. listen to us. Uh, interact with us some more, and uh, come out to the theater when it's ready. It should be open very soon, uh, and you can find all that at StoryScreenBeacon.com. Woo! Here we go! Bye! Godspeed, Bye guys. Spider-Man. Out, am I? <laughs>
I love you guys so much. I'm so excited to do this podcast and also for all the fun things that we were about to venture into in 2019. Oh, yeah, right. we, we drink. Clink, clink, Change the world. Change the world. Mm. Hopefully Change the world. 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 Don't no 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 guns down here. No no guns. Zip zap. Put those pieces away. Laser beams. Okay, guns now. All right, so yeah, yeah.